Welcome to the Write Your Own Story podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Leonidas, and the founder of the Write Your Own Story company. Girl, I can tell you right now, you are definitely enough. Here we value service, sisterhood, connection, laughter, and that super genuine, keep it real, tell you like it is honesty. My hope is at the end of each episode, you realize you can do whatever it is you dream about and that you are not alone with what you struggle with. I'm hoping that you are snapping and clapping and hell yes in your way through each one of these episodes. So if this tracks with you, let's get started. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Write Your Own Story podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Leonidas, and I am here with my best, best, bestie, best, best, best friend, Lauren Shatiwi. Oh my God, you guys, this is going to be so much fun. Is that the word we're using? Yep, that's okay. the word we're using. Right, fun. Right, so fun. Okay. Um, before Lauren and I explain just how we work, okay. let me quickly get into what this is. Um, this whole conversation is a really important one for women to have. Um, it's all around getting comfortable with grief. Yep. Grief sucks. It's worse. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we're here to talk about it. Yep. And I'm so grateful that you're here because women need to hear this. Yep. Um, and you're my ride or die. Yeah. Right. This is what we do. Life is messy. Life is messy. We're going to laugh through it. We're yeah, going to we cry are. through it. I might cry. I don't know if I will. I might. Tissues to your right. Hey, okay. gotcha. Got gotcha, it. girl. All good. Um, I think when we were prepping for this episode, the number one promise that we really wanted to make was, you know, Lauren and we'll get into it, but Lauren has experienced grief. Um, and if she can help one person today feel less alone and a little bit more sort of in their body, or if we can help one person feel comfortable with knowing how to help someone who's grieving, you have like truly served. Yeah. And that's all you can do is pay forward how people have helped you and to, you know, like we all are trying to turn around to those behind us and be like, Hey, this sucked for me. Let me at least try and help you. Right. Um, okay. So that was serious. <laughs> that was enough of that. That was a lot. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> so Lauren and I have been friends since we were 14. 14. Yeah. So we're 29. So that's hard math. Right. Hard yeah, math. Hard I'm math. 14 year old. Yeah. I know. Right. 29 with a 14 year old. That's a different episode. Use a <laughs> Different episode. Different episode. <laughs> Just kidding. We're above 42. <laughs> 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 um, we literally like, I mean, we've just never left each other's lives, Mm -mm. um, and have been best friends since high school, college, marriage, kids, all of it. it. And like, truly when I say ride or die, legit ride or die. So when Lauren and I will Snapchat each other, because that's where like all of our thoughts go to each other. Um, it's like when my kids were in preschool and they like post a picture of your kid on preschool. If I was going 75 miles an hour on the highway, I was pulling over. I'm like, let me look at my child. (laughs) I miss them. Or we will say, Give me a minute. Uh-huh. Yes. I need to read this and really respond to it. Literally. That's what I love that to you. I we see. give we give really heartfelt responses. Yeah, we do. We really good about that. I know. And like I don't know about your kids, but if I'm like mid-conversation, I see a snap. I'm like, one second, Lauren snapped. And they're like, yep, got it. <laughs> this needs all of your attention. This needs all of my attention. <clears throat> so Lauren and I One thing that we're going to talk about grief and it's going to be really heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lauren lost her husband and has also lost a brother and her father. Sorry, man. I just, when you list it like that. I know. Why I got to list it. Why I got to list it. But But here's the thing is 
we love dark humor. Love it. Like it is the only way, like I've got my own stuff that I've been through in life. Mm -hmm. You have been my ride or die through all of the craziness that has happened in my life and all the loss that I have experienced. And I, you know, I'm right next to you for yours, but literally like that's, have to laugh. we laugh and like, we laugh like really inappropriately. Yeah. So forewarning, there's going to be a lot of discussion about grief. So that might be hard to hear. And right. also like, you're just going to have to embrace our dark humor right. because we think we're real funny. We think we're really funny. We think we're really and funny. if you're not laughing, you're crying. And That's how I approach life. Yep. And you're one of the few people that I can do those dark jokes with. And sometimes I'm out with other people and I hear myself say something about my dead husband and I see the reaction. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm already like, laughing. I'm like, oh, geez. Whoops. That didn't hit. That, that didn't, didn't hit. It okay. always lands here. <laughs> right. I'm like, ha, always lands. waka waka. <laughs> Dead husband. That's dead. a good one. Hilarious. I'm dead inside. <laughs> Same <Same-sies. laughs> Feels good. Oh Feels my good. God. Hold on. My bracelet is making way too much noise. We're just going to take this damn thing off. Um, so yes. Also, Lauren and I play tennis together and like, we're the kind of friends, like we can't play together. Like no. we have to be separated. Like yeah. those people that have to be separated in class, that's right. Lauren and I. Yeah. Like so. at school when the teacher is like, find a partner, mm-hmm. but find someone who you're not going to laugh with the whole time. Mm-hmm. We can't. No. We and can't. then when we actually play in tennis matches together, our dark humor comes out and these poor women across the court are like, I'm like, what? <laughs> and we're both just like, it's just a tennis game. My husband's dead. Like, <laughs> I'm like, my husband's gone. <laughs> This is fun, Susan. This has been great. <laughs> Susan, you played great today. <laughs> but I do think your ball was out. Just, <laughs> just saying, and mine was in. <laughs> so, Susan. Got you. Got you. <laughs> it's going to be good. Oh, my God. This is going to be a three-hour episode because mm-hmm. we think we're so funny. We're never going to stop. <laughs> okay, Tuts. Should we, we just tell everyone about your dead husband? <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's go for it. I love talking about my dead husband. Right. Let's get right Let's on get right there. into it. So, my story. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think about, you know, grief and for most people, hopefully grief has not touched you Mm -hmm. until you're much older. Yeah. You know, and growing up grief didn't touch me. You know, I had an aunt, my aunt Maya died when I was in eighth grade, but she lived in Montana. Mm -hmm. I didn't know her very well. Yeah. I watched my dad be sad. So that was hard, but not, not the same, not the same, not the same. I lost grandmas. Mm -hmm. But they're they're old, but they were old. This is how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So even when I was younger and I would you know, I would, I would cry, yeah. but I wouldn't ball. Yeah. It wasn't a tragic death. Yeah. And I, I love the way that you put that. Like you have so much empathy for your father. Right. But, but like, but it didn't, it's not the same kind of me. Loss. Mm-hmm. And then the first time it really touched me was my brother, Luke. Um, <sighs> when I was 27, he was 35 mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Like mm. what the fuck? Come on. What the Come fuck? On. Like, I, I don't, goosebumps. I know. Come you don't want to believe in that ship of Friday the 13th, November mm. 13th, 2009, you know, just like a movie received a phone call yep. that changed my life. Mm-hmm. Luke had collapsed while running mm-hmm. and he died. I know. And 35 years old mm-hmm. with a one, three and six year old. It's I literally, it's not fair. And like, let's also, you are how many brothers you got, girl? I got five older brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm the baby of six. Mm-hmm. Luke was, um, if you split the six of us into three and three, Luke was the oldest of the bottom three. Yeah. And he was, he was everything. I thought he was, yeah, he the was coolest. Your, he was your guy. Oh my God. I yeah. just thought he could do no wrong. Yeah. He was funny mm-hmm. and athletic. I mean, the kind of charisma that 
you could only hope to possess. Yeah. My mom always said Luke could sell ketchup popsicles to a woman in white gloves. Oh, of Just, course your mom I said know, that. Sandy, of course she's Sandy. Sandy. That's such a Sandyism. Such a Sandyism. But he could get up and give a speech in front of an entire room and everyone would be rolling with laughter. He was mm -hmm. just so charismatic, so funny, so handsome. I just thought he could do no wrong. I know. When I think about your relationship with all your brothers, it's all, you have such a special and unique relationship with each one. Yeah. You have the coolest family. And like, I, your older ones were gone, right? Yeah. Like, cause they're yeah. so much older right. and your relationship with them is so cool. Right. Especially considering that like for the majority of your childhood, they were grown or yeah, in college they're, or, they're in college. yeah. Um, but you, Luke and Adam. Yes. And like Adam, you know, is like your best friend. Adam's my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And which by the way, not many brothers, sisters are best friends. No. How awesome is that? But like, when you talk about Luke, like when you talk about Adam, it's like a warm, snuggly hug. And when you talk about Luke, it is like you just light up. Right. Yeah. I thought he was, yeah, he could do no wrong. Yeah. Um, so when he, when he died, it was the first time that grief really touched me. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I felt this grief that a physical grief, mm -hmm. like I cried so hard. I couldn't breathe. You collapsed, right? I collapsed. Yeah. I took that phone call. Mm -hmm. There's certain moments in your life mm -hmm. that you know will be a changing moment. <sighs> yeah. And you, and you know, you what know what, and you know it and while you know it's happening. You, do. you know yeah. it when it's happening. Oh, I just got these ones. Yeah. Yep. And that's one of them. Yep. When I received that yep. phone call yeah. and I made a terrible sound, a scream, a mm -hmm. cry, mm -hmm. and I fell to my knees. And Jamal, uh, my husband later said, I hope I never see you take a phone call like that again. Yeah. Because it was just heartbreaking. Yeah. But that was the first time that I was like, this is, this is grief. Yeah. This is yeah. This life changing is, this grief. Is life changing. Yeah. I watched my parents grieve a yeah. child. God. I watched my sister-in-law, my amazing sister-in-law grieve her husband. I watched my nieces and nephew grieve their dad. Yeah. They were one, three and six. Yeah. Um, and I remember that night that Luke died, we went up, he was living in Cleveland. We went to Cleveland the next day. Mm-hmm. And I remember holding on to Jamal in bed and just holding on to him and thinking, oh my God, Ellen, my sister-in-law, Ellen can't do this right now. Mm. And I had this feeling of panic. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine what that must feel like God. to not have your husband. Yeah. To not, right? I mean, Jesus, talk about foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Right? God. And also, I, can we, Luke, can you stop doing the... The fire or like there is a literal alarm, alarm. going on right now. Yeah. We hear you, Luke. We right. hear you. We hear you. I know. I'm talking about it. You know what? Maybe it's Jamal because we're not talking about Jamal. We're talking about Luke. Right. He's it's like, definitely. can we skip past Luke? Right. <laughs> this is actually this is supposed to be about me. This is supposed to be about me. This has been three minutes too much on Luke. <laughs> on Luke. No, but in Ohio, the first Wednesday of yep. every month, they do the tornado. Tornado drill. Right. Yeah. So that's what's happening. If you're hearing that, um, right. if you're just tuning in, we are hearing a tornado siren in the background, and that is such the perfect dynamic between Jamal and Luke, yes. who's going to be first? Yep. Who's the most important, especially in your eyes? Yes. Those two, the first time Jamal and Luke met and I had been bragging about Jamal and I'm like, you're going to think he's the best. He's a great soccer player. And Luke was a great soccer player. Jamal was an amazing soccer player. Literally. Amazing. Yeah. And so, but I would brag to Jamal about Luke. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to love him. He's yeah. so funny. He's so great. And I would tell Luke, you're going to love Jamal. And the first time they met, it was crash and burn. I didn't know that. Oh my God. It was crash and burn. We were at my was grandma. it like two alpha males? Yes. Oh my God. It was two men who were like, not, not as much on Jamal's part. I think Jamal was a little scared. Yeah. Luke was like, wait, she's always adored me. Yeah. And now here's this guy who's better soccer player than I am. Yeah. And 
he just gave Jamal a really hard time, so much of a hard time that I called my mom the next day and or called her. I lived with her. Right. And I was like, he was so rude to Jamal. <gasps> I was so mad. Yeah. And Luke called Jamal and apologized. Is that not so on brand? I know. First of all, let's talk about how old Jamal was and you were when yes. Luke met him. 15. Because you and Jamal have loved each other since you were 15. 15. We first saw each other. Um, we were 14. It was at the Kellogg Avenue soccer fields. Conditioning was mm -hmm. happening before soccer. So it was like July, August. And the boys team would condition before the girls team. Mm -hmm. So I would go early with Adam, who was a senior. And I was waiting in the car for the girls' practice to start. Which also, how you're one of six. Of course you are. Yeah, it's I had to go. Right, My mom's yeah. like, I'm like, but I don't start till 11. She's like, you will go at 8.30 with your brother and wait in the car. Okay. Okay. So I'm in the car and I had the visor pulled down and I was putting my contacts in because I was like half asleep when we'd leave in the morning. Mm -hmm. And Jamal came walking up the field. It was like, a, there's a hill that Oh, yep. I know field. exactly what you're yep. talking about. Yep. And I'm putting my contacts in and I have this feeling that somebody's watching me. And I duck under the sun visor and I look and Jamal and I make eye contact and I go, like, I love it. Like what, 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 what's your problem? And he was just like staring. He said later, he's like, I'd never seen anyone more beautiful. Oh, of I course know. he said I that. Know. Jesus Christ, Jamal. And he was like, God, I knew, I knew I was, like you were going to be mine. I've honestly, to this day, have never seen someone I know. love someone. I know. Like Jamal. Well, uh, I say that like men so vocal so and so vocal. unapologetic and <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> like, you know, some people get nervous to love someone. Nope. 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 No, he was like, guess was like, what? I love you. Yeah. I love like, you. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. And for an entire year, freshman year, he chased me and I was like, no, 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 mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. no. Right. Freshman year of high school. High school. High school. 14 and 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until he was like, I think I like this girl and I don't know if she likes me. And I'm like, duh, it's me. Right. And he's like, I don't know if I should tell her. I'm like, I think she knows. <laughs> and, he's, and it wasn't me. Wait, are you guys having a live conversation or yes. passing no. folded triangles? <laughs> For your eyes only, pull the tab. <laughs> this is a phone call. And I still have the notebook that I was doodling. Uh-huh. I know those notebooks. And, and he tells me it's the goalie for on our soccer team. <gasps> yep. Mm. Who I love, Sarah Petrie. Right. Love her. Love her. He's like, I think I like Sarah Petrie. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm -hmm. Is that me? There goes the competitiveness. Not, yep. And there then I was is. like, oh, shit, I do like him. Mm -hmm. And the minute that information was, I think I told Justin, our friend Justin, who told mm -hmm. Jamal, and then never looked back. That was August 1997. We had our <laughs> first kiss, September 26, 1997. Mm -hmm. And I didn't touch another man <laughs> right. for 23 years. Yeah. Locked in, Locked tunnel in. vision, Yeah. loyal to the end. Loyal to the end. Yep. Ugh. Such a strong suit of Lauren. Such a I mean, literally, there's no one more loyal than Lauren. No. Also, Lauren is a 45-year-old man. She will give you dates. Yes. She will back into parking spots. I will give you cardinal directions. Cardinal You're directions. You're going to go north right? on Main Street literally, for three miles. I don't know how we're still friends because the way I speak to Surrey when she tells me to go north, <laughs> I do not speak that way to you. I start to say north. I'm like, find the Wendy's and take a right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay. 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 I'm also like, wait, I forgot. Can you tell me again? Okay. One more time. One more time. One more time. Oh, you are punctual. You reference things in both years and days. I do. I <laughs> and do. you back into parking spots. And Just I will a little... give you a movie quote to support it. Right. With a 45-year-old You're a 45-year-old man. I've <laughs> said it from the get-go. I'm like, did you just back into that spot? Because like... Yes, it's easier to get out. What do you want? A quick exit? Where are we? <laughs> yes. Are we robbing a bank? Just tell me. I'll do it. If it's with you, I'm I'll in. do it. I'm, I'm in. in. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, side note. But that, that, is, that is my girl in a nutshell. Uh, I guess that's what it means to grow up with 
five, five brothers. brothers. I know, like, yeah. I really get along best with men born between 66 and 79. <laughs> Which also, don't you feel like as a, we're just going to jump all over the place, yeah. as a single person, like, I was such a tomboy, like, bowl cut to a significant age. Like, yeah. I had a brother, just always friends with guys. And like, I mean, I love girls too, but like I now as an adult, I didn't realize that there's sort of like, and especially as people are married, there's mm -hmm. kind of a dynamic to that. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh wait, okay. I get that now. I get it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm trying to be weird. I'm like, I I'm just like, I'm, I just like yeah, yeah. yeah, we're friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, it's I don't know. Whole... Just one of the whole complicated pieces of the silly situation. Single. single on your forties. That's neat. So fun. That's neat. <laughs> Let me tell you about how neat hey, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 42. 42. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you fell in, love fell in love September. You made out in yep, September made out in September, and literally loyal till loyal to the end. So let's talk about, just yeah, then, let's, let's hear yeah, it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So then, um, anything yeah. you want to share okay. about yeah. like and, and, making out in Jamal's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Hi, Tamana>. mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Yeah. So thing, yeah, things were, things were great. We had a great, we really had a great marriage, you know, hard, hard times like everybody does. But as we've talked about before, the thing Jamal was so good about was repair. Yeah. And anytime there were hard things, that man worked effortlessly, relentlessly, relentlessly to yeah. repair anything. I found a, a text the other day where we must have had some disagreement and he texted me, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Mm. Ah. <laughs> mm. 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 Side note, men. Right. Men, if there's men. any men listening to this, when she says I'm fine, she's not. She ain't fine. She ain't fine. Mm -mm. She's not fine. No, she and, may. And he knew that. He knew that. And he wrote back, I don't want you fine. I want you good. I want you happy. What can mm. I do? What can I do? What can I do? And that, and that was Jamal in a nutshell. Right. But, so, um, yeah, things were good. Things were great. And um, October 2019, he felt a lump on his throat. Mm -hmm. And he came to me and he said, what do you think this is? And he's feeling his throat. And I felt it. And I said, I don't know. Like, he'd had a cold. And I was like, right. a lymph node? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, probably. And looking back, I bet he Googled. Because if you Google mm. lump on your throat, lymphoma comes up. Shit. And so a couple of weeks went by and he said, I'll just go to the doctor, which Jamal never did. No, never, never. So stubborn. He's so stubborn. So stubborn. And he was like, I'll just go get it checked out. I'm like, okay, sure. Still like, didn't think anything of it. Went to our primary care doctor who said, yeah, why don't you go to the ENT, have him look at it. Mm -hmm. Goes to the ENT who says, let's do a biopsy. Mm. This is end of October. Mm -hmm. Did they ever try like a Z-Pack to be like, maybe they did. They put them on an antibiotic. I thought so. Right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Be like, oh yeah, maybe it's your lymph yeah. nodes. Let's just yeah. see if that brings I it totally down. I totally forgot about that. You're right. Tried that. Did nothing. Right. Um, so now we're at the end of October. Yeah. He does a needle biopsy where they take stuff yeah. out of this lump. Came back inconclusive, which even at the time, like now looking back, probably was a big sign. Yeah. But at the time I was like, it, it still wasn't 100% right. indicative of a problem. Right. And for survival sake, you also have four children. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to go there no. until it's time I to was go like, there. No, I, they, I don't know. We'll take, we'll do, they did another biopsy. Yeah. And, um, that's one of those moments that you remember it was November 18th. Mm -hmm. I dropped the kids off to school. It was like nine 30 and the doctor called and I heard Jamal, his office is in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I, I was outside and I was kind of listening at the door and I heard Jamal take this phone call and I heard him say, if, if you were me, would you be nervous? And I heard him listen and he goes, okay, no, I appreciate you calling. Thank you. And he hung up and I poked my head around 
and I think he said it's malignant or I can't remember if he said it's cancer. I, I don't think he said cancer, but he just, he started crying. Oh. And I, I immediately went, I sat on his lap. I pulled his head to my chest. Of course you did. And I just kind of was like, holy shit. and just was like kind of numb. I didn't know. I don't know about this moment. Yeah. And, um, and we went for a walk. <laughs> yeah. We did a lot of walking. You guys did a lot of we walking. Did a lot you of were walking. like a beautiful little old know, couple. And we were like, I know we were yeah. that cringy couple. My good friend, Jenny Dorn, her daughter at the time, I remember once, um, said, Oh my God, Lauren and Jamal. Like we were so cringy. We like held hands and we walked Literally. in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> like if we could have done like the hand in the back pocket of the jeans. Yeah. We <laughs> right. But who's, we're always in athleisure. So that's right. not, right. not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. But we were that cringy couple. Um, we yeah. went for a walk and we were just like, Oh my God. We scheduled a CT scan that day mm-hmm. and, you know, but that was like things you think about. I'm like, I had to get back and pick up preschool at 1130. I think he called his parents, told them, yeah. um, we had a CT scan, came back and, and said, and confirmed that there was a like three by three centimeter mass in his throat. Yeah. Couldn't tell exactly where it was. Looked like maybe thyroid or close to the thyroid. Which that would have been better, right? We were hoping for thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's relatively easy with like a 95% survival rate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, what, you know, to make a, a long story short, it was 11 and a half months of fighting. It came back. Nobody knew what it was. Yeah. We had so many biopsies. So many, it was like, it was literally the mystery cancer. It was the mystery. We had a doctor tell us, um, I think it's a histiocytic sarcoma, which can be treated like a lymphoma. And that was the best news we had received. We were, we took the kids to see Star Wars. We were in the theater. Jamal and I were bookends in the aisle, mm-hmm. like in the row. Yeah. And he received a phone call from our dear, dear friend, Dr. Barrett. Mm-hmm. He stepped out, took the phone call, came in and he gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, oh my God, I this remember. is great news. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we can treat this like we a lymphoma. Treat, right. This is huge. We can do this. And we're like, oh my God, this yeah. is great. So we did round a couple rounds of chemo, came back, wasn't doing a thing. Yeah. And I said, just kidding. It's not right. This that's the craziest part. And like, again, just to be dark humor, but this yeah. is so on brand for Jamal. Yeah. Like Jamal was like, so I'll give a little bit about my version of Jamal. Yeah. Uh, Jamal. So Jamal and Lauren and I have been friends since we were 14. Jamal was very much in the mix. There was a group of five of us or so in high yeah. school, maybe more that were like, thick as thieves. And Jamal is the tallest, stockiest, <laughs> strongest, strongest. Like he literally at 14 looked like he was 35. Yes. Legit. We I was went like, out is to that dinner when we were 16 and they yeah. gave him a wine menu. Like <laughs> legitimately. I was like, oh my God, they just gave us a wine menu. <laughs> that said, Jamal was the fastest person on the soccer field. Yes. The strongest person on the soccer field. He didn't he kick a PK and knock the goalie into the, he's goalie I mean, saved it, but broke, knocked yeah, it in. And broke his hand. Broke his hand. Of course he did. Yeah. He was the loudest person in the room everywhere you went. He made it clear to everyone that he was a champion (laughs) anywhere. You literally would like walk up the stairs next to him and he'd touch this top stair first as you were walking at a glacial pace. He's like, champion, champion, champion. I'm a champion. I can't be stopped. Champion. I can't be stopped. Motto in life. And like he, I just feel like Jamal always beat to his own drum, was exceptional at everything, was a leader on the soccer field. He's the oldest of four in his family. Like, you know, he 
his soccer career was phenomenal. And then he had this amazing job where he's yeah. like treating oil futures and we're all like oil futures. No, totally cool. Right. Google oil futures. Still to this day don't quite understand. Totally. Either. I'm like, what is the future of a physical good that isn't <laughs> right. a barrel? I'm pretty sure. Don't like understand don't it. understand it. But regardless, yeah. like this man was truly like the champion of everything, yes. truly unstoppable in everything. Also at how old was he when he was diagnosed? 30. Eight. 38, the healthiest, yes. like worked out every day, ate clean. Yeah. That was a joke between us. He like, I can eat like a trash can. Literally. I can go, yes, you do. Yeah. I can eat like fast food. I can eat all the ice cream. Like <laughs> I would be like scooping ice cream at night and he would look behind me. He's like, must be nice. Eat must whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jamal could like, if he wanted to, he could put on 20 pounds like that. Same Jamal. <laughs> right. Same. Yeah. He just... Right. He worked out. He ate really well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of those shitty things about life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't sometimes matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You can do the best you can do. And sometimes it just doesn't matter. Right. It just doesn't matter. To that point, though, Jamal also lived life to the absolute fullest. And yes. I like pause and explain Jamal from my perspective for a second, because like for him to have this mystery cancer. Yeah. Is so on brand. Like yeah. Jamal just never did anything, did do anything, anything regular. No. No, that's, no. A, that's a very good point. I've thought about that a lot. Like if he wasn't going to get just your one of the mill nope. lymphoma. No, just no. like a casual cancer. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he was going to get something that everyone's like, we have no idea what this is. And like, we literally cannot find a case study. No, not that, a single case study. That shows how to treat this. No. And like, I mean, they consulted how many doctors oh across gosh. the country? We sent it. Yeah, we sent it everywhere. Everywhere. And everybody came back. All the pathologists came back with the same thing. Kind of a... Uh, huh. 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 I think you're doing the right thing. Can like, we not be, huh? Yeah. Can, can we, we not? not give me a, yeah. Right. Like the high pitch. Let's yeah. not get to that octave. No, Let's no. bring it back down. Bring it back down with please. an action plan. Yes. Mm. Nobody had an action plan. Mm. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, there was no moment. We maybe had a brief, brief respite between, mm-hmm. he had surgery in April, right. a radical neck dissection where they removed so many things, yeah. so many things, literally jugular veins, yeah. you know, as much of the tumor as they could. And that's when they found out when they went in for the surgery that the tumor was sitting on his carotid artery. Yeah. And so they said, you know, we did the best we could, but we know we left cancer in there. Yeah. That's what they told me. And like, he, that was a hell of a surgery. Hell like they had surgery. to section his back, right? They, they basically filleted his lats Yeah, and took that muscle and attached it to his neck. Yeah. And like, I mean, just to even go through that, like if anyone was going to fight a rare. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I look back on it and I'm like, how did I not know that this man was dying? Yeah. How did I not know? You guys never went there, right? Just never. We never know. Yeah. Even, even, you know, fast forward. So he has a surgery. Right. Sorry. Uh, we go to, we try to go on vacation and Mm. this is during COVID mind you. Yeah. This is during COVID when everything was shut down and we were going to try to go on vacation. We went to Amelia Island in Florida with Eric and Jamana, Mm -hmm. um, his sister and his, um, brother-in-law, who's his absolute best friend. Truly. And, he tried so hard to mm-hmm. enjoy that vacation. Yeah. He just felt terrible. Right. Like eye drooping. His eye drooped halfway through the vacation. And we're like, shit, did he have a stroke? Right. Didn't know what was going on. We'd get back from vacation mm-hmm. and had the first PET scan after his surgery. And that tumor was all the way back. I mean. All the way back. All the way. They removed 
half of his lat, carotid artery, like everything you can think of. Yep. And it's all the way back. All the way and back. How, amount, how much amount of time was that? So the surgery was April 21st, the day before Will's 11th birthday. Um, I remember so, that. Yep. May, June, July, three months. Yeah. In three months, that motherfucker Chad, that we mo- named him Chad. Right. I don't know where that came from. Where did that come from? I don't know, but somehow I think Justin. Yeah. I think Justin named him Chad, and yeah. it just became our battle cry. We're like fuck Chad. Fuck Chad. Yeah. Didn't we make t-shirts? That we said made fuck Chad? T- yeah. We made yeah. t-shirts. Fuck Chad. Chad came back with a vengeance, and mm-hmm. um, and even then, that moment, that's that is the only time Jamal ever went to a place. We never talked about the future. We never talked about here's my wishes. We never talked about any of that. It Nothing. just was not an option. Right. But when he found out that it had, he talked to Dr. Barrett, I remember him being on the phone and he shook his head at me now and my heart just dropped mm-hmm. and he hung up the phone and he said, and he was tearing up. He goes, I would want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's back. It's all back. And I just looked at it and was like, stop, don't say that. Right. Don't, and he was like, okay, okay. Yeah. But that I, and I hold on to that because I know he wants me to be happy. I know that. Yes. But that's the only time we ever talked about it. Yeah. It was, we just did not allow ourselves to go there. No, never. Even Literally never September, talked. September, he goes in for a tracheotomy. Should have been a routine tracheotomy. And um, the doctor, the surgeon who did it, it should have taken 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I sat in that same day surgery room for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. Mm-hmm. But I was all by myself. And because it's still COVID, it's right? Still COVID. And she pulled, she finds his name, you know, his number pops up. Right, pops up. Yeah. And he's in recovery. And then there's a phone call at the nurse's station. And the nurse comes and gets me and says, leads me to that to the room the room, the room. i remember that with that line i remember that with the fucking room. room fuck that it's room never good when you get led to a room it's never good when you go to the room and my legs are shaky and i'm like <laughs> shit and i sat in my room and that is one. and then you have to wait for the doctor to yep. come in yep eric what am i about to hear and that is a moment that i think of and i remember thinking that this this is a moment you will remember this is a moment like that with will change your life yep yeah and it felt like I was above myself. Mm-hmm. And this doctor said, we have done everything we can. Mm-hmm. This is not curable. Mm-hmm. This is going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And she was our age. Right. And she had young kids. Mm-hmm. And I know that was a hard message for her to deliver. Yes. But I hated her. Hated her. Right. Hated and she her. probably knew. She knew. She knew that was going to be hard. That's part of her job yep. is to be hated because she has to deliver bad news. Yep. And I said... And I remember just looking at the ground, feeling like an out-of-body experience. And she said, if I were Jamal, I would want to spend my last couple months with my kids. And I just, I I don't even know what I said, but it was more of like a, it was basically like, thanks for your opinion, but fuck off. Yeah. Fuck you. And I, you know, we ended that conversation and I immediately went to go find Jamal in recovery and walk in. By the time I got there, she was already there. <clears throat> and she was telling Jamal the same thing she just told me. Mm. And Jamal's sitting there and oh, I can see he's mad. And he can't talk. Right. Because so he's, he's straight at this point. He's right? straight. And he's furiously typing and showing her his phone. And I mean, he literally, I, he told her to go fuck herself. Right. I remember she was. That's like, very on brand for Jamal. So on brand. Yeah. And I remember she read, she leaned forward and read his phone and she goes, oh, Okay. She goes, I'm not giving up on you. And okay, well, I, I know you're angry. And, and he was like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, you know what she said? She wanted to do palliative care. Palliative and care. And he said, I'm, fuck palliative fuck, care. I remember that verbatim. Yep. 
I remember that actually you screen, like, I remember I have screenshots of that and then screen like Jamal and I texting back, just being like, fuck it. Fuck no, it. no, no, not an option. Not an option. You're not throwing in the towel. No. And so, and you know, and she was right. She was right. He had two months at that point, literally and two months from the day. She, as a mom is trying to be like, I'm giving you the real reels. I'm right. doing my very best yep. to prepare you for what's happening. This yep. is your choice for how you're going to do it with your family. And you know what I did? I never obviously told him this, but I did in the hospital after that day. I remember Googling how to talk to kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I kind of let myself go there. I'm like, okay. Cause we hadn't really told that we had told them that their dad had bad cells. Right. We didn't want to use the cancer word. Cause we, Nobody really knew like how it was going to end up. And I just didn't, I didn't want them to Google. Right. I didn't want them to Google. And Will was 11 and he was at an age where he could Google. Yeah. He's the oldest. Yeah. And I just didn't want that. So we just kept saying everything but the cancer word. He has bad cells and we're doing everything. He's going to lose his hair. He's going to take gross medicine, but we're getting rid of those bad cells so it doesn't spread. Yeah. Perfect. That's all we said. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, if someone's going through that, going through grief, there is no right answer. I don't know. Some people will want to sit down and be like, here's exactly what it is. Here's the treatment plan. Yeah. That's what worked for us. Totally. And I I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I think what works for you is what's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you did great. Will has said to me before, he's like, yeah, remember he's like when dad got sick in March and I'm like, oh wow, that's your, Mm -hmm. that, you know, he'd been sick for months. months, right? But Will perceived it as he was sick. March until he was gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was so that, yeah, the doctor told me that in September mm-hmm. and the last two months were, and she was right. He had two months from that point. Yeah. But we fought. Fought. I mean, that's, there's no other way he would have gone out without an absolute knockdown fight. No. Two things I remember from being on, well, I remember everything, but like two things that stand out that I want to share from the other stuff from, you know, outside perspective is you guys never talked about the end. There was only one telling moment between those of us who were like in the circle supporting you. He had written down every password. Yeah. That was, I was like, cause I never thought he accepted it at all. And I don't, I really don't think he did, but that was the one, because if anything above his fight was always to take care of you. hundred percent. So he wrote down every password. Um, and I forget the second thing, but like, just, he was absolutely fuck palliative care. Nope. I'm not doing not it. An option. Not an option until the very, very, Oh, I know what the second thing was. I remember when you, after Jamal had passed, you got COVID knocked yourself out in the shower, getting too hot, had yep. stitches across your eye. Hello. Can Hi. we talk about that for a second? Like, You're like, can we just be like dark humor? You're like trying to bury your dead husband. Yeah. You're like, I'm gonna pass out in the shower and like bleed. Right. What? what? What's your problem? I mean, <laughs> when I showed up in the hospital uh-huh. and, um, <laughs> I remember the picture from Juju's bed. You were like a heavyweight champion. I mean, bruised black eye, black eye. Yep. And, um, and the, the guy working the ER is like, what happened to you? And I was like, oh, geez, where? I was like, how much time? How much time? Have? <laughs> My husband's dead. And I, I remember he was like, he's like, date of birth, name. And he goes, marital status. I go, ah, fuck. I go, widow. And he looked at me and I was like, well, there was that. Fresh as a daisy. Hot off the press. Just buried him. Actually, actually, couldn't bury him him. because I got COVID. Right. We were all ready to bury him. Yep. And then you got COVID. We're like, okay, let's pause that plan. Pause that. Time out for another month and a half. But you remember when you went to go get your stitches out, your primary care doc, which was who Jamal went to see first, was like, I thought he had at most six months. He said, I've been following along. And he said, based on everything I know about this tumor, Mm -hmm. you know, 
all the all the words you don't want to hear high grade yeah. poorly differentiated um aggressive you know he's like he outlived his life expectancy by about six months of course he did because that course, is also because he's a champion he's a champion and but he's stubborn as hell stubborn as hell god and you know and that's it, it wouldn't have done us any good if on november 18th yeah they said he has six months to live yeah yeah. That would not have done us any good. Yeah. Hell you know, yeah. like we needed to know he was fighting until the very end. Yeah. And that's, and that's what he did. I mean, they had to subdue, they had to, they had to give him medicine. They had to sedate, sedate him. him. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Yep. Sedate. Yep. They had to sedate him because he was throwing punches mm-hmm. at the nurses. Of course he was. Yes. He's like, nope. No. Nope. No. And I'm like, that makes sense. Uh That's Jamal 100%. That makes sense. And another thing I remember from Jamal is every single time he'd come out of surgery, the first thing he would ask for is you and his wedding ring. Yes. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. The, yeah, to get, to get real about grief and what it looks like as a caretaker. Yes. Let's get into grief. That's why we're here. Right. Sorry. Well, but also like. Talking about Jamal is something that we will always do. Yeah. And that is something I hope people take away. If, if someone is grieving, talk about their person. Like yeah. you not bringing them up mm-hmm. isn't keeping them from thinking about them. Yeah. If anything, it makes them feel better. Like I yeah. love when people are like, oh my God, remember that one night Jamal did this? Like I love, it doesn't make me sadder. Yeah. To oh, hear it's so stories. good for people to know. Yeah. Like talk about it. Like yeah. from, and, and maybe everyone's different, but for me, yeah. like, I like people telling me yeah. stories and yeah. I like when they tell their kids stories. And I, yeah. so I think, you know, don't, don't be afraid to bring them up. Yeah. Say their name, talk about stories, say right. the, even, and not even great stories. Tell the time where Jamal was an asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we all know there Let were times. Let me time. just start ruminating on that one. <laughs> there were all times. We all know, <laughs> you know, like, but don't be afraid to say their name. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, as someone who sat beside you and still continues to sit beside you, like that is definitely, it's such to see you light up still in the way mm-hmm. um, is it's so good as your sister to see you yeah. light up and like, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So let's get into grief. So, yeah. So as a, grief. as a caregiver uh, in it, you know, if you're first line defense, second line defense, third line, it doesn't matter, but it's, I mean, that first line defense is hard. when you're the spouse. When you're the spouse, yeah, with children at home, with children, it is it is hard. And then COVID, I felt like there was a period of time where everybody in my life was telling me how to be a certain role. Mm. The kids couldn't go to school, and so the teachers would be like, "Here's a reading lesson." You're Here's, like, yeah, I never wanted fuck to be a first grade teacher. No. I didn't. I didn't. No. So it's like, here's how you do the reading lesson. I'm like, okay, got it. And then um, even soccer coaches are like, "Here's a quick thing you can do with your kids." I'm like. Okay. Again, played soccer. Don't want to be a coach. Right. Okay. I don't have time to go outside and, and do right. You know, juggling drills. and drills with them. Right. And then even, you know, Jamal's doing PT and they're like, here's some PT things. Here's how you clean a trach. Oh, here's how you, I remember that. Yeah. Had yeah. to clean a trach. Here's how you manage wound care. Like right? every time I turned around, somebody was telling me here, it's just real simple. Let me show you here, real simple. Here's oh how you do it. God. And I was just like, I can't, can't. I can't do can't. this. And any time, and this is why I started to think about as a caregiver, and especially you said Jamal just wanted me, anytime I left that man's side, I would get a text. Yeah. Because he was upstairs. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? And I'd be like, I'm downstairs. What do you need? And he would always say the same thing. You. Hmm. He just needed me. Yeah. Just wanted me. The only thing that brought him comfort was me. 
And so for those, if there's anyone out there in the thick of it, who is managing a sick partner and has kids, like, how do you do that? How do you like, because you have to split yourself in half, but like, so you've been on the other side and like, are you so glad that you spent all those moments with him because that's what he needed and your kids are okay? Or like, how do you navigate that? Or is yeah. it just messing? You just have to literally surrender to the mess. It's surrender to the mess okay. because I've thought about this a lot and I, and I can beat myself up a little bit. If I, if I thought he was going to die, which I honestly no, neither you, of us thought he was going to, no, I would have spent every minute with him. I would have... I wouldn't have eaten my dinner downstairs when he was upstairs with the nurse. I would not have taken a kid to soccer. Yeah. I would not have told him, give me 10 minutes to take a walk to clear my head. There was one time I tried to take a walk and I left the door, like left the house and he texted me, where are you? I need you. So I came back mm -hmm. and I came upstairs and cause he was, you know, kind of hallucinating and you right. Know, the meds had him the all meds sorts had of him all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to go for a walk. And he said, okay. And he gave me a thumbs up, mm -hmm. walked out the door texted me. I need you. I turned around and came back. I said, are you okay? And he's like, good. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going for a walk. This yeah. happened four times. And on the fourth time I was like halfway down the street. And then he texts me, I need you. And I said, Jamal, I'm going to go for a walk. And I texted the nurse. I said, can you keep him occupied for 15 minutes while I take a walk? Right. I just need to take a walk. You cannot regret that. I know. And I try not to. I know. You he, can't. I know I did the best I could. You did phenomenal. And like, this is like when you have to put the oxygen mask on you when the plane's going down. I know, you're right. Because would you have ever been able to rub his back for hours at the hours, hospital? Hours. hours. Hours, when it's just the two of you because it's COVID. And he also can't speak because he's trached and you're reading a book rubbing his back for hours. Yeah. Would you ever have the stamina to do that? Or would you ever have the stamina to care for four children if you didn't take a minute? Like, no, probably not. you can't. And if someone is in the middle of it, as much as you want to spend every waking second with it, you, you can't spend you good seconds. I know you need to take a minute. They got to count. Yeah. You know, and you need, you need a place to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And this is something, you know, we talked about when we were discussing this podcast that I hope when you are going through this and someone you love is sick or someone has died or whatever, you need a place to, to voice your concerns, to voice your fears. Mm -hmm. Cause I learned very early on that I could not voice my concerns to Jamal. Right. I tried once because mm -hmm. he was, he was like, woman, woman, what's, woman. what's going on in that head? And I'm like, nothing. He's like, woman. I'm like, and I tried to tell him I was scared and it did no good. Right. No good. He was like, wait, why are you scared? Yeah. Should I be scared? You know? And I'm like, no, what? No. You know? <laughs> yeah. Here comes the octave here come, up here. Right, here comes right. the high pitch. Right. No, we're good. No. <laughs> so I learned early on that I had to be, I had to be his rock. I had to be the cheerleader and I bought into it so yeah, much did. that yeah. I didn't even, it wasn't even lying. No. So you know, the last couple months, the amount of times he asked me, do you think we're beating this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are. Mm -hmm. Yes. You are beating this. Mm -hmm. And we, I just kept saying just a rough day, one step closer to recovery. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. And that's another thing. I always tell people if they're going through something. You need a saying, you need a quote, Aww, you cool. need something to hold on a to. Mantra. Yep. You need yeah. a mantra. Mine was the Winston Churchill quote. Mm -hmm. If you're going through hell, keep going, keep going. And you got me a bracelet that said, keep going. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wrote a poem called keep going. It just is, 
that was my thing. Put your head down. This is hard, mm -hmm. but it's just a blip on the radar. Right. That's what I kept thinking. This, you know, right. you guys will look back on this mm -hmm. and you all have made it past. Yeah. But yeah, keep it's, going. just keep going. I love, so it's like, you have to take, if you are in the midst of it, you have to take care of yourself and give yourself grace. Cause there's no clean way to do this. No. This is as messy as life gets. Yep. And you are never going to feel like you're doing anything quite right. Right. No. And that probably means you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. You're you probably know? right. You're probably, you're in it Yep. and you're doing it. And that's yep. the best you can do, which is pretty amazing. It was remarkable to watch the strength and no one asks for strength. No, no one asks to be resilient. No one asks to be strong, but here you are. Right. And you rose to the occasion. And that is something I think about a lot too. People always tell you you're strong. And I almost resented it a little bit in the beginning because mm -hmm. I'm like, I didn't have a choice. Right. I right. didn't have a choice. Right. But it was, um, I went to therapy for a little bit for yeah. about six months after he died. And um, it was who you go to, to our therapist. Mm -hmm. And she was the one who was really good about saying, because I told, I told her once, I was like, it's kind of annoying. Like, I don't have a choice. Right. I'm like, yeah. everyone's like, you're so strong. I'm like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for it. Yeah. But she was like, but you do have a choice. You, you could do. stay in bed, mm -hmm. pull the covers over your head. Mm hmm and shut down from the world. You literally could have. You could. Because we've known people who've done that. Yeah. And they just, and I don't even judge them. Right. Like, but you do have a choice. You do have a choice. And I have to remind myself of that mm -hmm. and try to give myself a pat on the back for uh, that. Yeah. For being, working out, for yep. going out with friends. And, yep. Living know, a life. Trying to live a life. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that is when I think about you know, when you're in grief and how, mm -hmm. how do you, or even, you know, yes. So say your person has died and you're like, now yeah. what? Now what? Okay. So yes. Okay. To pause real quick. So if you were in the thick of it, care for yourself, yep. give yourself as much grace as you possibly can. Find an outlet with friends. Yes. You need a place. If you're, if you can't be vulnerable and honest with the person who is sick, right. Because they because can't they, hear it. Correct. Yeah. Cause I can't hear it. Mm -hmm. You need a place to voice those concerns. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that is where you know, my friends, mm -hmm. you and my group in uh, my neighborhood yeah. were just invaluable. Mm -hmm. They gave me a place to say, I'm terrified. Yeah. Jamal was checking my texts. Uh-huh. Yes, uh -huh. he was. That's for Snapchat in the picture, right? Yes. We do not, we are not paid advertisers for Snapchat. 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 <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> but people give Snapchat a bad rep. Yeah. But. Right. Also don't do some dumb stuff on Snapchat. Don't do, yeah. Guys, don't guys. send pictures right. that they right. can have screenshot and use against you. Right. Side note. Side note. Kids. Right. More adults. Right, literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> neither here nor there. Nope, we're going to stick to the clean yep, version. Yep. Yes, yep. But Snapchat saved my life. Yeah. Because it gave me it because Jamal was checking my text. Yes, he Because he wanted to know where my mind, he said, I want to know where your mind is. Right, because he's always checking on yep. you. Always checking you want to make sure I was okay. So I'd be like, I'm good, I'm good. And then I would send my friends a snap where I'm like, I'm terrified. Terrified. I'm, I'm terrified. not good. I'm not good. Right. I'm terrified. Yeah. And the beautiful, you know, snaps go away. He mm. can't check my, and he, and he knew it. He knew it. He's, He's like, who are you snapping over there? I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Look worry. at this new filter. <laughs> yeah. I know. Just doing fun filters. And I think you also, and I like, I kind of want to get into this in a little bit, but like, okay, so definitely, okay. We're just going to talk about, I want to make sure that we put a pin in when you're in it, you take care of yourself. You find that outlet, yep. you have a mantra yep. and like, you just embrace the, excuse my language, but the shit storm yes. that this is. Yes. Okay. So now Jamal dies. Yes. Jamal, why you got me like that? <laughs> Fine. 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 He dies. He dies. <laughs> and it was, 
and I think back on them, like, how did, how, <laughs> how was I like, huh, huh, that happened? I'm like, of course it happened. I'm looking back on it. Right. Like, he was so sick. So sick. But I just didn't. I, mean, I dropped him off at the hospital on Friday mm-hmm. thinking he was going to get fluids, thinking he just needed antibiotics. <sighs> like, let's clear up the infection. He gave me a thumbs up. Yeah. He texted to make sure I got home okay, which he did. Every time I left the hospital, of course he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. He said, "Let me know when you get home." Um, I mean, it, it just—I just still was not prepared. Yeah. For that phone call right. saying you need to get down here. Yeah. We cannot secure an airway, so I called Eric, mm-hmm. um, who is—I can't even yeah. say what Eric is to me. He's like everything. He's a rock. Yeah. Um, woke him up. Eric went with me to the hospital. Of course he did. Uh-huh. Eric did everything. Eric. Right. Eric did everything. Yeah. And, um, and that was Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then we needed a couple the doctors were essentially saying we can't. This is him. it. Yeah, yeah. This is it. This is it. He was like heavily sedated because if he moved, if he moved, they had a like very precariously placed trach, like basically they jerry-rigged like they yeah. couldn't, they had to go around. Right. The it was a full on loop de loop. Yep. Full on loop de loop. They found a workaround, but they're mm-hmm. like, we can't move him yeah. or that pops out. He can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Like literally this is, it. this is it. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when I talked to Dr. Bear and I talked our doctor all the time who was amazing. And I kept mm-hmm. saying to him, will you let me know when I need to tell the kids? Mm-hmm. And he said, I will let you know. And this was a couple months ago. He said, we're not there yet. I will mm-hmm. let you know. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him on Saturday morning and he said, I said, is it time to tell the kids? He said, yeah you need to tell the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think I called my sister-in-law Ellen Mm -hmm. and said, how do I do this? this? Do I do it separately? Do I do it together? Um, I did it together, Mm -hmm. sat them all down and said, Mm -hmm. um, your dad is going to die. He's in the hospital, but he's not, he's not going to wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was Saturday. And And is that how you do it? Yeah. For those who might have to have that conversation. Is this how you do it? I thought about, do I do it individually? But my thought process was if I go and tell Will, or my, whoever, yeah. then if he gets upset, then everyone's going to come. Why is Will upset? Why is yeah. Will crap? Right. So I was like, bring them all together. And I look back on that. And I think, I remember the look on Will's face. He was playing video games. And I was like, hey, guys. And my, my face was a wreck. Uh-huh. And I was like, we need to sit down and talk. Or I said mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And they all gathered around. Mm-hmm. And and I knew enough. I'd read enough to, you can't use euphemisms. You can't be like, your dad is going to pass. Like you, right. you, have, you have to be direct. You have to be direct. Yeah. Okay. Your dad is going to die. Yeah. Right. This, Especially like you have to be clear. Have to be. They clear. can't wonder. Correct. Yeah. Your dad is going to die. He is in the hospital. He's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. But they cannot fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that was all along. That's that was always my biggest fear. Right. Was that talk? And then here you are. And just. Then I, doing it. You have to do it. You have to do it. And that's something. And you just did it like a boss. Just have to do it. Right. You're like foot in front of the other. Yes. Just do it. Was that like an out of body? Yes. Yeah. That was an out of body experience. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, Will did not make much of a sound. He Mm -hmm. had tears rolling down his face, but didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Maya let out a sound. Mm -hmm. The little ones were like, can we go now? Like mm-hmm. they didn't, right, right, didn't totally. quite yep. understand it. That feels appropriate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They were yeah. five, seven, nine, and 11. Um, <sighs> but yeah. So then Monday was when we finally, mm-hmm. we had to, we out as a family had to, I think everyone had to get to a place of knowing this is what we have to do. That, so being there with you all weekend and watching you hold space for Jamal's parents and siblings mm-hmm. to, 
come to the same point where you right. were. Cause I, I think I, I was there. Yeah. You knew the doctors I mean, have been telling me like this, right. Two months ago, the yeah. doctor sat you down. Right. Um, but they needed to get there. And like the fact that you had the empathy, you know, not that they don't, they deserve every bit of it. It's their child, but right. like you got enough, you got a lot yeah. on your plate. And I think that just speaks volumes to your character. Thank you. Yeah. That you were well, like, you know, and, and, I, I've seen parents grieve their child. Right. I've, I've watched my parents. God, do the it. foreshadowing. What the actual? See you, Luke. I right. See you. <laughs> see you. I so see you. I, I knew that that had to be handled very delicately mm -hmm. and with the most empathy and with the most love. And you did. And I, you yeah, did. I tried really. You hard. absolutely did. <laughs> I said no when we were. The doctor had pulled me aside. The the MICU, the medical ICU doctor had pulled me aside and was like. Mm -hmm this need, you know, we mm -hmm. need to stop life-saving measures. Mm -hmm. You know what I said? I'll never do this. I, don't think I so. said, I was like tearing up. I go, he's an all-American. <laughs> <laughs> like that matters. Like that matters. Jamal would be so embarrassed. He was always so embarrassed. He was like, God, you brag about me. But uh, then that I, is the definition of your love for him. I You're like, know. and then Jamal, which is the I'm best. Like, Did you know he can run a 221.9 seconds? Right. And he's like, <laughs> the record. He's like, that was 20 years ago. And you're like, <laughs> still kidding. Did you know? Still the fastest. But that's like the most beautiful part about how you loved him. Yes. Yeah. I was his biggest fan. Biggest. And I think about that. He would be so embarrassed. Like, I cannot believe you just told a doctor I was an all-American. <laughs> that's but then, dying. After a couple drinks, he would pull me in and be like, I love that you, <laughs> I love that you love how much, you know, I play soccer and sprint so fast. But yeah, I, I literally said, but he's an all-American. Oh my God. And the doctor was like, but it was like, what was the doctor's doing? Okay. Yeah. He was like, I know it doesn't make sense. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Oh my God. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. None of it made sense. But it was like, to me, yeah. if I was like, if I can just tell people, mm -hmm. and even when I was saying goodbye to him, um, mm -hmm. with Dr. Barrett mm -hmm. and I'm holding his hand mm -hmm. and you know, we had not turned off machines yet, but it was just like, everyone's taking a minute. Mm -hmm. And I told Dr. Barrett, I said like this man, I mean, probably once a week, Jamal, I'd catch him looking at me and I'd look up at him and he'd go, Whew, I don't know what I did in a previous life, but I must've done it well to deserve you. 23 years. And he would still look at me and say that. And I told Dr. Barrett that story mm -hmm. and I, like, like if, if I could just tell you how much he loves me. Right. And how much he yeah. should still be here. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you can save him. Right. Can you, can I will him back? Yes. I know. Yes. But I just needed them to know that. Like this yeah. is, this is an all American athlete <laughs> who loved me. Like who loves me mm -hmm. so much. Like this can't be happening. This can't be happening. Can't be happening. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Monday comes Monday, November 9th. Mm -hmm. Um, he dies. And, and that is a moment too, that I think if you're in the moment of grief, it's a real out of body experience. Mm -hmm. And this is where as, as a spouse, the identity crisis comes in Yeah. at 221, I was married at 222. He stopped breathing and technically I'm a widow. A widow. Yeah. There's no right there's no grace period no and even you know watching like you and mm -hmm. watching people go through a divorce yeah there is a period of do we work on this mm -hmm. do we separate and try mm -hmm. do there's a there was none there's none. no grace period it's so traumatic yeah it's so traumatic. one minute you're married mm -hmm. the next minute they stop breathing and you're a widow you're a widow but you don't feel like i felt married for a very long time yeah yeah. And you talk about Jamal with his ring. Like Jamal loved his ring. Like he needed me. He needed his ring. 
I felt the same way. I couldn't take that ring off. I remember. Because I still felt married. Yeah. It took me took me 14 months to take the ring off. Yeah. And like, that's such a great example to people. You can take it off the next day because maybe it makes you sad or you right. can take it off in 14 Everybody's months. Everybody's going to have their different reasoning. Yes. For me, it was a feeling yeah. of feeling married or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it took me 14 months to finally be like, okay, I'm, I'm not married. I'm not married anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids noticed mm-hmm. and I told them, I said, look, I, I'm not married and I'm going to take this off and save it. Yeah. But there's no timeline. There's right. no time. Everyone's going to do what feels right for them. Yeah. Okay. So if you're sitting down with someone who has just lost someone yep. and like, I mean, the you're out of your body, yep. right? Like, how do you proceed? How do you proceed? How do you survive? Like, how do you, grief is, you know, I mean, it's a bit of a life sentence, right? Yeah, like yeah. it ebbs and flows, like that kind of stuff never goes away. But like, how, like, you know, how do you keep going? Like what, and not even the like cheesy, like you just keep going. Like, right. let's get real. How the, what the, the how action, do you, action steps. What action steps action do you have for steps. those who husbands just died? Right. <laughs> Step one. Step one. Everybody grab your notepad <laughs> and pen. <laughs> Don't have your husband. Sorry, we're so dark and twisty about sex. Here we go. Everyone paying attention? Get your notebooks out. Everybody get your favorite pen out. New markers. Step one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there was drinking that was involved. And that's. I love your honesty. Yeah, there was Mm -hmm. a lot of drinking. And I did. I I noticed early on, though, that drinking alone was not the answer. Yeah. Yeah. You start off, you're like, whoa, this feels great. Right. I'm not broken. And mm-hmm. then the kids go to bed and you're a sobbing mess on sobbing the floor. Mess, right. Yep. And I'm like, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. So um, drinking out for a hot second was not the answer. Yep. Um, I friends, love you for saying that. Yeah. Cause Let's, it, like, can we just be honest? Yeah. Like oh, it is like, it, you it, just want to numb the pain. It numbs you for a minute. Yeah. But it does come back. And I think it like comes back like twofold. It does. <sighs> it does. Isn't that rude? It's so Come rude. on, man. Just let me stay up here. Let me just be numb. And now I'm on the floor. Literally on the floor. <laughs> the floor. What is it with the floor? I guess it's like when you meditate, they're like, ground yourself. Yeah. I'm on the yep. ground. Grounded as I'm going to get. what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Sobbing. Sobbing. Yep. Fake eyelashes on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> we're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Your friends yeah. were... I mean, I would not have been, I mean, I don't want to be like, I wouldn't have survived. I would have. You're going to. Right. That is the thing about grief. If you feel like it will kill you. Mm. It doesn't. Yeah. It right. feels like it right. should. And I'm sure sometimes I hate to be super dark. You wish it did. You did. Yeah. I, and there was one instance um, yeah. early on a week is when I had my my stitches and COVID and I had to be quarantined by myself from your children, from my children in the bedroom that he in the bedroom where Jamal had lived for two months. I didn't even want to be in that room because you had slept with the girls because sleeping with the girls. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was in that room. Right. And it was, it got dark. Oh, I remember that. that. I remember that that. got real hard. And Mm -hmm. I, I was probably snapping or saying, texting with my friends. And I, I made a comment Mm -hmm. that, I know I can live without him. I just don't know if I want to. Yeah. That's so honest. And my friend Kelly called me and Mm -hmm. she was crying and she was like, you're scaring me. Hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to do anything. Right. I'm not. It's just not. Right. I just wouldn't. You just wouldn't. But man, it sounds easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I understand for the first time in my life, I understood Mm -hmm. that escape. Mm -hmm. And even, and that was a week after he died. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling that. Not with as much intensity, but 
mm-hmm. probably six to eight months after he died. Mm-hmm. I remember having this moment of being like, I am so fucking tired mm-hmm. of this, mm-hmm. of not feeling like myself. It's like when life, you didn't, like, this is not the story you wrote. No. Not to be like cheesy, but like, this is not how you thought it was going to no. go. And like, you didn't ask for any of this. No. And it's just like, you can't help but be like, this is so fucking unfair. I'm exhausted. Yes. I'm, you know, cr- like, yes, crying for an hour physically exhausts you, but there is something emotionally exhausting about not being yourself mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't been myself since November 17th, right. 2019. It's right. been, you know, cause that for that entire year he fought, I was not myself mm-hmm. and no. I've always been gone. And I'm finally now getting to a point where I'm like, I'm feeling like myself again, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. I see it. Yeah, I do. And there was a point like your hair falls out. Mm-hmm. Like my hair was thin. Like mm-hmm. I put my hair in a ponytail. I'm like, ah, well, that's a wisp. <laughs> <laughs> it two strands. I'm just going to braid these three, three strands of hair. <laughs> Spill a spray on that. Yep. Yeah. I remember texting my brother, Scott, who's a doctor. And yeah. I was like, uh, right. What? And he was like grief. Right probably about six months after a big stressor, mm-hmm. your, yeah, your yeah. hair, your hormones, everything was everything. out of whack. You literally don't look like yourself. You don't feel like yourself. Right. And that's okay. That's, that's normal. Okay. If that you're in that zone, like, yeah, I'm sorry. That yeah. sucks. It's, it's but literally the also worst. look at my super hot, gorgeous friend right <sighs> now. And like your hair comes back. Mm-hmm. Also, you were hot with three strands of hair. So like, let's just go there. <laughs> but like, seriously, like, Thanks. but I do remember when you were locked in that room mm-hmm. and there was also like Dr. Barrett, who is in sainthood. Um, it like, there was a room in your house where he would come and you would have tough conversations. One of the things I remember that you did, um, to sort of reset your energy for lack of a better word is you redecorated. Yes. You got a new mattress. Yep. You rearranged your bedroom. Yep. Uh, we, worked on his office. Yep. There were things that like, that is truly, it is not an eraser at any stretch. No. Of, there's no erasing. No, there's never any but erasing. For me, it was erasing the bad, parts. the bad part. I didn't yes. want anything cancer related in our house. Yes. I didn't want the medications. Yes. I just found, I was looking for something the other day and I found the bandages. Like, oh my oh God, God, I bought so many Yes. Gauze. Walgreens. And, yes. DoorDash. I remember. We I was would at like, Walgreens every day. Every day. Getting three by three and four by four gauze to cover his neck. Yeah. And I found those the other day and it like sent uh, a shudder through me. Yeah. But I didn't want anything cancer related in right. the room. Right. And I, like. I got rid of all the t-shirts we had to cut to make room for the trach. Like yep. I got rid of all of that. Right. And it's like, you just have to, if, and I'm only, well, I'm not the expert, but I'm saying as a witness, yeah. I felt like I could see you let a little air out yes. when you, it's just like the littlest sense of control, yes. right? Like, yeah. cause your whole life is completely out of control to be and that. So like, whatever it is that you're going through and you're like, I think I have to do this, even if it feels weird or radical or whatever, like just do it, do it, do it, whatever try you need, it. try it. Right. If yeah. it helps. Awesome. Right. And change your routine. I thought about that, you know, when my dad died in the summer and my mom was like, you know, your dad and I would always watch TV and and I told her, I was like, Mom, you know, Jamal and I would always watch mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. We'd put the kids to bed and we would watch TV, sit on the couch. We had to be touching. Mm-hmm. If we were like six inches apart, not touching, he would look at me. He's like, what? what's wrong? What's, yeah. wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? Are we going to fight? <laughs> yeah, I know. And he's like, why aren't you touching me? My dad is the woman. I know. He was weird. He was going to say he was the woman. <laughs> and then he would massage my feet. Mm-hmm. And um, that was our routine. Yeah. But when he died, I'm like, I can't Mm-mm. sit down there nope. and watch TV. Nope. You got me a TV. Mm-hmm in my room, which right. I still have. Yep. We never had a TV in our room. Right. We now have TV in the room and my, that room has become my sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. So it went from being this place where Jamal was sick and dying to now my sanctuary, but I have 
I painted it. I have new beds. I have new furniture. Mm-hmm. I just made it mine. Right. And I think that helped a lot. I do too. And like that is you, if for, even though it took you 14 months to take your ring off, to feel like you're different, like, you know, you just got to do whatever feels right to survive. And if yes. that, whatever that means, yep. whatever that means, yep. just give it a go. And I thought like I, when I got divorced and like, you know, that life that I knew it was dead and all like everything in this house that we had built together, I redecorated the whole thing too. I was like, yeah. it yeah. was like, the sadness was suffocating. Right. And like, you just gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. But if you're in it, maybe try making try. yourself a sanctuary. Yes. Try yeah. it. Try it. Right. The identity, the identity crisis, um, with any change right, is real. Right. And it does not compare, but just to say, like, if you are in a crisis, yeah, change it up, change it up, give it a, give it a wiggle. Why not? Why not a wiggle? Give a new match. What does Sandy say? <laughs> Tell Sandy. She would just... She put on her art vest. This is Lauren's mom. Yes. Woman who raised six children and then was a preschool teacher for 25 years. Also in sainthood. Yes. God, she's amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we know that you need to lean on your friends. Yes. You need to give yourself a sanctuary. You need to lay on the floor. Yes. Like lay on the floor and be sad. Yep. Like whatever that version is. Right. We know that alcohol is not the answer. Right. And like no judgment if you go there for a minute, but just know, like, you got to watch yourself. It's going to rebound. Yeah. It's going to rebound in Twofold. a way that, yeah, yeah doesn't feel great. Um, you need to, I remember my friend Jenny calling me one day and being like, maybe you should shower. Oh, yeah, you yeah. should shower. Because I made, again, mm-hmm. a comment where I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. And, like, you love to look beautiful. I do. Yeah. As do we all. It's yeah, part of our does. feminine nature. And it was, like, day four, and I'm like doesn't matter. What's the point? Yeah. No one's seeing me. Mm-mm. No one's touching me. Nope. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And Jenny called me. She's like, maybe shower, mm-hmm. put some makeup on, mm-hmm. get dressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fine, 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 fine. But I did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm she like, was right. She was right. Yeah. She's, She's right. a great friend. So you need, you need those friends who are like, mm-hmm. I right. hear you. Mm-hmm. I see you. I know this is incredibly sad, but right. Here's shower. What, right. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and I tried really hard to, to go out when I could, yeah, you know, right. and like right. laugh and be with friends. Like I just, I needed to be surrounded by people mm-hmm. and I'm, I still feel that way. Yeah. You know, my friends will make jokes like, Oh my God, I can't believe you can go out two nights in a row on the weekend. I'm like, it's out of necessity. It's truly out of necessity. Yeah. You have to break out of the mold yes. of what you're currently existing in. Yep. And I think you talk about this, we talk about this a lot together, that there is your circle of safety. Yep. Because sometimes when you've had true tragedy in your life and something like really catastrophic or something really unbelievable, um, everyone is doing their best. But when you share what's going on because they ask out of genuine love and concern, you see see the look and like, then you find yourself comforting them. And, um, and then the anxiety that comes after realizing that you've made someone uncomfortable, um, it's just a lot. So like, I think you and I talk a lot about like staying in your circle of trust right? so that you can be like, my husband's dead. Like, cha, cha, cha. Make a joke. Make a joke. Like, oh, geez. Lauren, right. Lauren's, Lauren's here again. You're like on the table. You're like, no, no, on time's my side. Like, <laughs> you know, Valentine's jokes I've made already. I'm like, oh. Happy ever after. Isn't that a fucking dream? Right. <laughs> ever after. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Right? And like you just need that circle that has watched you through it, you yep. know, and like to just embrace like if dark humor is your thing to be that way. And I think that that like so um, the people pleasing has got to go. It's got to go. Yeah. It's gotta and go. you know, we talked about that when people this happened the other day. I was playing tennis and someone came up to me and she was like, 
your last name. Do you know um, Jennifer Shatiwi? And I was like, I do, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's my sister-in-law. And I said, I was married to her brother. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, shit, now it sounds like... So you're divorced. Yeah. And And you're like, like, but that's not your story. Right. Right. You want to correct that. So I was like... Um, yeah, I was married to her brother. He, he actually died three years ago and she's like, oh my God. Yeah. So, so, and now it's this awkward. Right. You're like, I'm fine. I'm fine though. And then I'm like, I'm literally tossing my serve in my singles match thinking about this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. why did I share that? Why did, but it just, these are the things that happen. And, right. They're and facts. They're facts. And, and there's you, no yeah. way to, there's no script for it. No. But the look on people's faces, mm-hmm. and then you do have to be like, I know. That's what I used to say. It's fine. And then I'm like, actually, it's not it's fine. It's not fine. It's actually terrible None and it's tragic. Yeah. And so when people look at me and I'm like, yeah, my husband passed away. And they say, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's awful. It's terrible. But we're Yeah, we're, we're doing here. it. Yep, and we're doing it. We're doing it. That's perfect. Yeah. One of the things that I always have looked up to you for is your honesty. Mm-hmm. There's the way you raise your children. It's the way you handle your friendships. Like if there is something that needs to be said, you say it Yeah, always. And with your kids, you were so open yeah, and so on. Yeah. And it has been such a gift to watch as someone also raising kids. Um, and as your friend, it's like, what a gift to say to people to be like, yeah, this is my life. Like, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. But like, I'm going to keep going because then it gives people the permission to also be honest about whatever it is they're going through to be like, yeah, this does suck. And that's why I try, I try to be that for people who are grieving. You know, people have come to me and said, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I talked to a friend last night who has a family member who's Mm -hmm. going through a cancer, you know, diagnosis. And I try to be really honest Mm -hmm. and really you know, I, I don't know when people are like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, mm-hmm. and right. I know people feel that they do when right. they hear it. And to mm-hmm. say you're sorry is a very nice thing to say. Cause they really mean they it. They mean it. But I say more like, oh, fuck. Right. That sucks. Yeah. Are and then okay? you can be like, I'm, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm God, sorry that's... you're going through this cause right. it's awful. Yeah. But I don't know. Like there has right. to be a level of true empathy mm-hmm. and, and caring and listening to someone you have listening's hard. It's an active skill. Mm, it takes forever practice. It takes a lot of practice, mm-hmm. but I love it. Mm-hmm. I love You're it. Great at it. And I feel like if anything, you know, you talk about what to say, what not to say to people. Mm-hmm. One of the things when people say everything happens for a reason, <laughs> I hate that. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. My 38 year old husband and my 35 year old brother did not die for, for, a reason. for a reason. Right. Sometimes shitty things happen. Right. But what you do with what happened that maybe can have a reason. Oh, God, and that's good. If I can take this shitty situation and my love of listening and being empathetic, and if I can listen to people or be there for them as they are going through a hard time, that's what I'm going to do. Do you find that cathartic? I do. And and I know we had talked about this and you asked if it was triggering. Mm-hmm. And it's not as much as I would have thought. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. definitely put myself in that place. I can remember walking, mm-hmm. taking the turns you have to take to get to the ENT ICU. Like I can mm-hmm. do all that and I can remember what it feels like. But I think that's what makes makes me an ally for these people because yeah. I do remember. Yeah. I, right. You know, I wish I could have talked to some. I remember sitting down like, what do we want to do now? And we have, we have a problem. You want to Google it. Right. And I remember sitting at the computer and I was like, am I going to Google right. what to do when your husband dies? Right. Like, I'm sure you did Google it. <laughs> I probably did. I'm sure I Googled. What do you do when your best friend's husband dies? Yeah. Like you're you just, just trying to help. Right. You need some sort of direction. Right. But I, you know, and I had my sister-in-law who right. God love her, like was a, an, still is an amazing is. source. 
for me. Yeah. But to have someone you can talk to and, and just mm -hmm. someone who's going to tell you it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. And I even knew that. I told him all that when he was dying. I said, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Because I knew that was true. Yeah. As much as this was going to hurt and it was going to be hard, he needed to, <laughs> every time we went for a doctor's appointment, he would say, I need to be here for my wife and kids, whatever that looks like. I need to be here. And that so man. he needed to know I was going to be okay. He, that's and, just such his character, truly. And like, I don't know. It just, it makes me stop and pause. He's just, I know. Right. So special. And when I think about the whole grieving thing, the only, not the only thing, but when I get, when I get emotional, it is typically surrounding how much he loved me. Yeah. And yeah. You know what that looks like for my future. Right. Moving forward. How do you ever, because yeah. Like how do you ever. I don't know. And, and, and I embrace the idea of early on. It's not, it's not moving on. No, it's moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make. Definitely. You're moving forward. Jamal would want me to move forward. Yes. And I want to move forward. Yes. As you should, you know, life is meant to move. It is. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I'm being like kind of dark or I'm like, maybe I'm not meant to marry again. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not meant to fall in love again. Mm -hmm. The amount of people who have told me just on a friend last night said the way you and Jamal loved each other was special mm -hmm. and not many people get that in a lifetime. No. And, and I've had enough people tell me that I'm like, maybe they're right. And maybe this is mm -hmm. this, I'm, you get that once in a life. Right. And I don't get it again. But even as I hear myself say it, mm -mm. I don't believe it. Right. <laughs> I right. don't believe it. Right. I am someone who's made for connection. Yes. Your loyalty and your amount of love. <sighs> and such a good wife. <laughs> and you, you're such a good wife. Right. You are such a good wife, which is why we're going to be building property together and raising <laughs> our eight children together. And we're going to be the best wives for each other. Right. Even right. as a platonic <laughs> wife. I'll be right. a great wife. Right. Oh, I know. I'm like, I just want another wife, but like very platonically. Like, <laughs> can you just help me raise my kids? Oh my God. But I think like holding space for all that when you were in the middle of grief and you're like, how am I, you had the, you did have the love of a lifetime, but that doesn't mean that the next one also can't be a love of right. a lifetime. Yeah. It's just totally. going to be a, a really beautifully different version. It will be. And I'm a very different person. Yeah, you are. Than I was. Yeah, you are. Between the ages of 15 and 38. Yeah. And the person who loves me now will be someone not only who can accept, you know, that I had this great love, mm -hmm. but someone who can love someone who's a little broken. Yeah. Right. Right. A little broken. And like the most beautiful way though. Yeah. You know, like, right. because you've experienced such joy right. and so many great things that like, I don't know, broken's not beautiful. That's bullshit. But like, right. but, but, but I know what you're I mean? saying. There, yeah. is, there is something, there's if, like, if you are, to it. if you are yeah. grieving, if you are going through grief, there is a, something so wonderfully beautiful about the process that is so human and so it, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's undoubtedly exhausting, but it's also so beautiful because you will love in a way that you, you you've seen life end. Yeah. You have seen what it does to people when it ends. You yeah. have seen how it affects you. And when you love again, it will be with a fierceness. Yes that not many people understand and a gratitude. Yes. And like I, the way that I see you is that like, I know how much you value love because you had such a great love that when you get that great love again, yeah. it's never going to be comparative. You're just going to appreciate yes. the value of love. Yes. 
And like I do. I yeah, do. I know and, you do. And I know, and I know Jamal wants that. Yes. Also. Yes. Like I'm not bitter about love. I love being married. I yeah. love being married. Yeah. And I want that again. And I yeah. know he wants that for me. He does. Undoubtedly. Um, but yeah, it'll, I, I don't know. It'll yeah. be, I don't know. Well, and like, you know, there has, as you know, there's no telling how life goes, but I just, I don't know. I just, I say this to you all the time. I'm like, I know with every fiber of my body, whoever is the lucky man who gets you next is literally the luckiest man on earth. Cause I'm like, I get your love. You know, I'm "I'm so lucky. She's real fun. And she's funny. Like she just loved me forever and ever and ever. Just the best. (laughs) Broken. We need a new word for broken, but like, also like, we just love a dark humor. So we're like, yeah, I'm like actually broken broken. dead inside. Like there's a big gaping hole, but like, but it's beautiful to love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will love you hard. (laughs) Just loves to love. love you hard. So I think one of the things that like, when you are going through grief, it's like, okay, we've got to give all the grace and like, you have to recalibrate, whether that be redecorating, whether that be, I don't know, whatever changes, mm-hmm. whatever straws you need to grasp at, go for it. Yes. And like embrace if you grasp the wrong straw, so right. be it. Um, I know, you know, several years later, you're starting to counsel other people, um, but I also know, like, we talk about this a lot after Adeline, you know, my daughter is super sick, like almost died in the hospital for a long time, uh, like an actual miracle. And I struggle with all the time. Like, why do I get to keep her and you lose your husband? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it like, it, it makes me super sad, but I'm like, I can't go there. Can't go there. Um, but when I counsel people on sick kids or like when I support people, um, it's very cathartic. But for me, like a boundary is like, I have a very hard time on Facebook when people have pages that are sharing their sick kids, which I love. Yeah. I value your story needs to be shared. But you start, you I go can't. down that rabbit hole. If I see a kid in a hospital bed, like it's yeah. just, I, yeah. I have not healed enough for that. Right. So like, I do have some boundaries for myself mm-hmm. that that's on me to put in place. Like, right. I don't ever want anyone to stop doing those pages and to stop right. fighting how they need to fight. For them. Totally. Yeah. But like, so when you counsel people on grief, you're not going down to university of Cincinnati and sitting with them. Right. Cause those, that would be a hard, that boundary. would be a hard one. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, I think, do you, do you know, are you learning your limits as you start to counsel people on grief? Yeah. And like, how, do, like sometimes, I don't know, I'm only speaking from my experience. Like I have to get it wrong before I can get it right. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. There's sometimes you come home after talking, you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. now I am stuck in 2020 mm-hmm. and I'm back there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think I've, I've been able to keep it here, here, you know, and I don't want to make it when I'm talking to people, I don't want to be like, well, here's what my story right. is. You're right. like, you have, it's such a fine it line is. of relating to let them know that they are not alone. Right. But also just listening, letting them talk. Yeah. And so, yeah, learning that is probably, yeah, I don't want to make it about me, but I'm, yeah, I also want to make you understand, like, I know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all valid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so far I've been able to keep it to a place where I feel I feel better helping and listening than I do sad. Yeah. Going back to that place. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. You know what though? And, but and, and this is not my analogy and everyone uses this analogy, mm-hmm. but I think it's so good, the waves. Mm-hmm. And one of my children recently just broke down mm-hmm. and um and I was telling this child of mine, you know, it's I was like, imagine you're in the ocean. Yep. And we've all been in the ocean, most of us. And sometimes you stand in the surf and they're just little waves Mm -hmm. and they just, 
lick at the back of your knee, they mm -hmm. hit your calves, they hit your chin, but you were able to stand. Mm -hmm. I said, that happens to me 10 times a day mm -hmm. with your dad, mm -hmm. a song, a thought, I wish I could tell him this, but they're little waves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a wave hits you and it knocks you out. And like, those are the ones you don't usually see coming. You don't see it. You're like, oh my God, you stand up and it hits you. And mm -hmm. now you're swirling around in the wave. You don't know which way is up mm -hmm. and it's disorienting mm -hmm. and it's scary. It sucks you back to the bottom. It sucks you back. Mm -hmm. And I told this child of mine who was having this moment, I said, that's where you are right now. Yeah. You got hit by a big one. Mm -hmm. I said, but what do we always do? Do you stay underwater? Mm -hmm. no. no. You stand up. Right. You, you got to stand up. Mm -hmm. So you let the wave hit you mm -hmm. and you take it because that's everything I've learned. You can't, you can't push grief off. No. Sneaky son of a bitch will find Sneaky you. Sneaky son of a you bitch. You can try. Mm -hmm. And there are times when you're out, maybe at an event or whatever. And you're like, not now. Not today. Not today, mm -hmm. but it will come. Yeah. Whether I'll be you, back. Yep. We but we're not back. doing this we're now. We're not doing it right now. Good for you for being brave enough to go back to it. Yeah. Cause it, it, it will show itself. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're making dinner and mm -hmm. you drop a dish and you're, you're at your limit. Yes. Yeah. You're cursing and you're crying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. Yep. Whoops. I do. So I go to my car. That is my place. Yes, it is. And I, mm -hmm. and my kids know now they come back and they see my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, I needed to go cry. Right. And I love that you normalize that for your kids. Yep. It's, I think it's important for our kids to know there are moments in life where we're not okay. Not okay. I will be. And I, and I'm not, and I don't know what the answer is here. I'm not great about doing it in front of them. I don't know the answer either. Because to me, I feel like you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the only parent and right. I need to be strong and a mm -hmm. source of strength. Mm -hmm. And if they see me curled in the fetal position, mm -hmm. sobbing, mm -hmm. that doesn't deliver the message I'm trying to deliver as a CEO of my family. Right. Hell yeah, you're the CEO of your so family. So I go to my car mm -hmm. and I have that moment there. Mm -hmm. I scream. I had one friend um, who told me to scream into a pillow. Yeah. I was, I've screamed in my car so loud that my throat, throat hurts. hurts uh -huh. Right? We've all uh -huh. done that and it does feel good. Um, but yeah, the car is where I go. I, I took you to my cry spot mm -hmm. when you came to me, when your marriage was ending. Yes, you did. Um, I have two cry spots in the neighborhood and mm -hmm. I wonder if people see me in my car and are like, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> there goes that sad girl again. <laughs> Wait, is that the girl's husband died? Right. Yep. There she yep. goes. There goes that widow again. <laughs> but also you're modeling to people that you need a space. Yes. And I bet everyone is like, Hell yeah. Yeah. Go do it. Go, Go cry. Take your minute. If I see your kids coming close, I'm going to just be friendly and I'm going to hold them off so you can have your minute. And yep. like, do your kids know that sometimes you need a minute and then yes. you go to your spot? So that's the perfect modeling. Yep. Like, okay, I can't handle this. I need to leave the situation for a minute so I can let this out and then I will come back stronger. Yeah. yeah. Or like... Stronger, like no one comes back stronger from like a deep cry about there your you dad. Come back said. puffy, red puffy, nose. Right. But you're like, but I'm still standing. Here I go. <laughs> what does everybody want for dinner? Bedtime. <laughs> Bedtime. Go to bed. I mean, so exhausting. so exhausting. But like, at least you're able to model that. Like, I need a minute. Hey, kids, I need a minute because life is happening to me and I didn't expect it. So when we talk about the waves. It's such a good analogy as much as I'm like, I wish I had a funnier one, but yeah, like, no. it's for real, real. It is real. And so one thing that like from my side of trauma, um, where with my situation, um, and both of us are the same, but in very different ways around, didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, where like mine ended abruptly and yours was a 
11 months, but also you had never accepted it. So when it did end, it was abruptly, there's just, they're both shitty in very different ways. And yours is so shitty. Sorry. <laughs> but like, you're just, your shit is real I shit. I win. I know. You win. It's not a competition. You're but like, I won. Your life is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Here's your sad medal. I won the sadness. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to polish your trophy. Um, but like hypervigilance becomes a thing. Did you ever, like my head is constantly on swivel for what's yeah. going to happen next. Who's going to do me wrong next. Who's out to get That's me next. Question. So I have had to learn with the big waves, I had to stop looking for them. Yeah. They don't ever come when you're looking. No. They come when you're not looking. So do not waste that precious energy. Right. Putting your head on swivel, looking 10 steps ahead to be like, yeah. is this going to happen? Yeah. Did you cough? Are you going to like, like, right. you know, I can imagine there's like a level of paranoia or whatever. Right. But so like, if it's a headache, I'm like, you have a brain tumor. Right. Obviously it's a brain tumor. And like, right. how do you not go there? And I, that, Jesus, I don't even know what, that's going to be yeah. another episode. I don't know what to do about that yeah. because how no. do you not go there? But like, I don't know. Sometimes you just have to. I think like circling back to the big long point of like grace, grief is really messy yeah. and it is so, it's a sneaky son of a bitch. Yeah. And like, and there's no, there's no outline for it. There's no like, mm -hmm. follow these steps. Right. It is not a linear process. No, Isn't that it's so annoying that you can't so just annoying. check it off? Like, am I done? Right. Am I done? Can just I be? want it to fit into a formula. Mm -hmm. There's these stages you hear about, you know, denial and bargaining and acceptance. You do not move through. You're not like check. And right. then next week mm -hmm. I'll be here. Oh good. I bargained. Yes. Well done. I bargained. And now I'm moving towards acceptance. It does not work like that. Mm -hmm. It is sobbing one minute and laughing the next. Yeah. It's remembering a memory and being so happy that you remember it and then being gutted that it's gone. God. Like there's no, there's no linear process. No, it's really it's shitty. messy. It's really messy. And the best you can do is have friends surrounding you, have a community that surrounds you, people who don't let you stay down too long mm -hmm. and you, you keep going. It sounds right. so cliche, but you, you have, have to keep going to have a mentality of this will not knock me down. No. And it, if it does, I'm getting back up. Right. And I like one of the things in listening to you, the bravest thing that you will ever do is to sit with your grief. Yeah. Sitting and, and that sucks, but it is like it's hard if, to me, like in all of our snaps back and forth, that has been paramount yeah. to you being able to show up for yeah. your kids mm -hmm. is like, you have to process it. Otherwise it gets stuck. Yep. It'll and, get stuck and it'll come yeah. at an unlikely time. Right. You have to sit in it and it's uncomfortable. You can't push it off. Mm -mm. No. Like you could be out and be like, just, uh, I'm, I'll talk to you later grief, but yeah. like you have, you have to. to address it. Yeah. And I go to, like, I went to the cemetery last week Yeah, you did. and I sat and I talked to Jamal, you know, it's interesting. He has become, you know, he's in a way still my best friend. Yeah. I go and talk to him mm -hmm. and I sob every time, mm -hmm. but it's, it's this outlet for me mm -hmm. to talk to him and tell him what's going on. And usually I go and I have a problem. Yeah. I feel bad. I told him the other day, I was like, I'm never coming here with good news. Right. <laughs> Things are good. <laughs> I'm never like, so I'm in a great spot. Yeah. I'm in a really great space. <laughs> my eyebrows are great. My lashes are on point. I won my tennis match. Right. I'm killing it. Right. I just want to let you know that I won six out. <laughs> right. I'm never coming with a good story. I sit down. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to him mm -hmm. and I always ask for his help. 
Yeah. Whatever I'm going through, wherever my head is, I'm like, I need your help. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how it works up there, mm-hmm. but if Luke is there and dad is there, like, can yeah. you guys just all work together? Can and someone throw me a bone? somebody <laughs> throw me a bone? Can someone help me out? Mm-hmm. Give me a sign of what is supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to be doing this? But I still use him for that capacity. That man had the ability to solve all my problems. He really did. Always. Always. And he, does he still? He still does. Yeah. Even as he's gone, he mm-hmm. still has this ability because I know what he would say. Right. I know so, what he would say. So like, let's talk through that for a second, because if someone is grieving, like, and people are like, show me the sign. And then you're panicking that you're not seeing the sign. Right. Everyone's experience is different. But when you go in, when you sit and it's not even like, you know, it's not like you're going there and meditate. You're like, I have a problem. Yeah. I'm so upset. Yeah. Like, how do you, like, what does it show up for, for you? Is you it, know, yeah. But there's the Cardinals. Yeah. There was one moment I was having um, a moment and I was like, God, I just don't know what to do with this problem. Mm-hmm. And I looked out into my yard and there were three Cardinals. Mm. Three. After your dad had died? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the grass. Right. Cardinals are all like grumpy and stuff. So they don't yeah. hang out. No. Three of them three. sitting in the grass. And in the like, grass? Yes. Normally they're on a fence post totally. or in the trees. Mm-hmm. Three sitting in my yard. Mm. And I just looked at it and I was like, okay. And I don't know what that means. I don't know. It wasn't like a, here's what you should do. But you're not alone. But you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I took it as like, they were like, we see you. Mm-hmm. We we're here. You. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the bottom line is when I go and talk to Jamal. Like, I can hear what he would say. Right. You know, sometimes I do. I talk to him about my future and I'm like, how am I supposed to? Totally. How am I going to meet someone? Mm-hmm who can love me the way I need to be loved. Mm -hmm. Which is so telling of your relationship, by the way, that he really was your best friend. He was. And And I'm like, and is, and And I'm like, and that's, that's the part I struggle with the most with my future. I'm like, how am I going to find someone who loves me? I have high standards. As you freaking should. I know, but sometimes I'm like, I'm 42. Literally. Nope. I know. Sorry. I should be like a better listener, but this is where I, I get best friend mode and I'm like, no, I get very people pleasy. I'm like, but maybe nope. literally no. Yeah. I'm like, no, to me, if I were a dude, if I just became a lesbian, <laughs> <laughs> but like, girl, you're as good as it literally gets. And Jamal knew that he did. And he set the bar he did. for how to love you. It's going to be a different version. And that's also going to be beautiful. But, they but like, you know how hard. you should feel. Yeah. Yeah. That like how people execute love could probably come in a million different ways, I think. Right. right. But like how you feel to receive love, that like undeniable, you yes. are safe, you are home. Yes. That and reassurance. And like you are so valued. Yeah. Jamal was like, you are the toppest of top shelf. Yes. And you are. That's how I feel about you as a friend. Yeah. I'm like, any anytime you're like, hmm, I'm like, no. No. You are top shelf. I know. Top shelf. And that's what he said to me when I went to the cemetery. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, how am I gonna find and I could hear him. He's like, you deserve the world. The world. I know that's what he would say. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I'm like, God, it's just so hard. Can they just show up on my doorstep? Right. And just like, just deliver To be like, <laughs> I, to be clear, I'm the one who's going to love you correctly. <laughs> not the one who's going to make you heal. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> Thank you. Pull out your arrow. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much for filing this application. Right. For someone stamping it. Jamal stamping it being like, this one, Lauren. Right. This one. This, this one works. One. Hey, ding dong. This is the one. Not this one. Not this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think using your person if yeah. they're gone, and that took me a minute to get there. Probably mm-hmm. took me, well, not too long, probably like six, seven months. I probably went to the cemetery again. Mm-hmm. But I go every, 
gosh, probably every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. My kids will not go. It's okay. And I asked, is that, that's okay? Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I, I said that just because okay. I have like I asked them, yeah. so I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I asked them, they don't want to go. Yeah. And they will at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of the cemetery. We have this beautiful bench made. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's there. Mm-hmm. They can go when they want. Mm-hmm. They can be 35. They can be 50, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They will decide when they want to go. That's like really, truly, like you said, the beauty of it. Yep. Do you ever like hold little traditions when you go there? Do you bring things? Do you I don't bring things? Yeah. Um, I know. And I'm always looking, looking around and people bring the flowers and all the things. But like, Please, everyone take away from this. Do you? Yeah, do you. Jamal, I, I think he'd be like, why well, don't need flowers? Right. He'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> I don't need flowers. Yeah. Right. No, I, I bring a blanket. I sit down and oh, I cry. That's cute and cozy. Yeah. It's like you guys are on the couch again with him I rubbing know. your feet. I know. Quick story about the rubbing of the feet. And this is so Jamal when he was sick. This is September. So he's in the ICU mm-hmm. and a bunch of the doctors did not want to release him. Mm-hmm. They were like, he's not safe to go home. He could stop breathing at any point. Mm-hmm. And we had to fight for him to come home. And, um, but I would go down to the hospital every day and it was emotionally exhausting. And mm-hmm. if you were a caretaker out there and you were going through this, I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Caretaking is exhausting. Yeah. And I would go and sit with him at the hospital and God bless Eric and Justin who would take shifts for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need a break today. Mm-hmm. Or like, I was there this morning. Can you go this afternoon? Yes. And they would go and he'd you know, watch him sleep. Yes. Justin sat in the room while he was asleep, right. but just so he had someone with him. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to the hospital every day. And at one point, um, Jamal, you know, he can't talk. And so he texts, how are you doing really? And I said, I'm good. I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm okay. And he looked at me mm-hmm. and he was like typed again, seriously. Mm-hmm. And I'd been so trying to be so strong and I had a moment and I, and I told him, I said, this is really hard. Yeah. I said, I miss you. Mm-hmm. I miss our routine. Mm-hmm. I miss being on the couch with you. Mm-hmm. I miss you rubbing my feet. Mm-hmm. And he's in the hospital bed and I'm in this uncomfortable chair and he does the motion he always did when we'd sit on the couch. He'd go, he went like this, give me your, like, give me your feet. And I said, Jamal. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not massaging my feet. <laughs> And this man dying, can't walk, can't talk, ever persistent. He was like, yeah, give me your feet. And so I put my feet. <laughs> you're like, well, if you say so. If you insist. If you insist. I put my feet. <laughs> you're like, toe touch. <laughs> up on his lap. And he massaged my feet in the, in right. the ICU. And we and you know, got home. Of course, he texted me. Are you home? I'm home. Home. And he said... Thank you. That was the happiest I've been in months. And this is like the most beautiful segue. But if there's anything you want to get back, like, let's just be swirly whirly. The notion of people want to help. Jamal wanted just one opportunity to to help you. And help me. And like, so for friends who are watching someone go through this and just want to help, how do you help? Because I remember. I mean, we're as close as it gets. And like, you have the most amazing neighborhood friends. They're like, they're more than neighborhood friends. They're just like, they're they're top notch. They're family. They're just truly, I mean, you hit the jackpot. They're so like special doesn't even do it justice. It's so like, um, and also like from a Midwestern culture, like, um, you never want to impose, you never want to shed light to the awfulness that's going on. I remember, (laughs) 
I don't know if I ever told you this, but I brought you milkshakes one night and it was one of the nights where you were like, the door was closed. Your door is never closed. It's right. always doors this, closed. That means I'm right. It's not good. No. And I was like, and I come from a family, my parents to this day will not come over unannounced. They will drop something right. in the mailbox versus even <laughs> ringing my doorbell. If they didn't get to call me for a chain gym, Jim, especially it's like, I didn't get a hold of you. So I will leave it in the mailbox and peel out that. because I would never want to impose. Right. And, uh, so I'm standing there. I paced on your front porch for like 30 minutes. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I knock? Do I not knock? Like, all I want to do is run in there and tackle you and be like, I'm ready. I'm not sure I love you so much. Yeah. But I was like, you need space, but I don't know how to do this. Like, there's no rules for like, when do you, when do you force it? When do you force it? Like, when do you, and Jenny, I this is perfect for her to be like, take a shower. Take girl. shower. That was perfect. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. So I know, how do I, you, and I remember you were so good about that. You would say you brought me coffee so many times and you'd say I'm here if you want to talk mm -hmm. and for someone who loves talking so much mm -hmm. when I was really sad mm -hmm. and like sitting crying I didn't yeah I didn't want right I didn't want to sit with someone else and I like that was I don't feel like I got much of it right but like I feel like that I, for people who want to help so desperately, just please always remember it's never about you. Like I never, yeah. ever, ever took that personally. I was like, okay, yeah, got it. Yeah. Here's a coffee. Yeah. And that's, and that's right. a perfect here, way to say Here it. when you're ready. Yep. Here yeah. when you're ready. Yeah. All you can do is keep checking in, mm -hmm. which you do beautifully. Yeah. And don't ever expect a reply. Right. Don't do it to expect a reply. Do no. it just so they know, mm -hmm. hey, I'm here. Yes. But yeah. Helping someone who is really in, in the depths of grief is, mm -hmm. I would imagine really challenging. Unfortunately, I've only been on the trench side. I mean, why you gotta be so much grief? What you're, why you're like, let me the be the winner of right. grief. I won again. Right. I was like, dun, right. Dun, 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 <laughs> right. Dun. You know, but so one of my biggest regrets when Luke died was I had talked with our friends and we decided if the funeral was in Cincinnati, we would go. And if it wasn't like, maybe that was overstepping and every ounce of my body just wanted to come and sit on your lap right. and just hold you and be like, uh, Jamal and I would definitely fight, but like, and be <laughs> like, I just, you know, yeah. all I want to do is scoop you up and take care of you. But I was like, this is one of those things where I was like, okay, okay, sure group. That feels right. And like, we're doing our best. Right. We're doing our yeah, best. Again, nobody had known anybody who lost somebody were 27 years old. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I love that. I'm so grateful that you said to me, like that you wished I was there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, got it. Yeah. Because ugh, fucking foreshadowing. Right. And you don't, and that's a takeaway too, that from the funerals I've now been a part of is that being there is huge. It's huge. It is huge. My friend, um, you know, best friend, Jen from college, yeah. she showed up. At she Luke's. shows up. Mm -hmm. And she didn't tell me she was coming. And yeah. I'm in that awful receiving line mm -hmm. at the visitation. Mm -hmm. And she taps me on my shoulder. I turn around and I just burst into tears. I bet. I bet. She's amazing. Man. Yeah. She's she amazing. shows up. She showed up. Mm -hmm. and, and she has said, she's like, I wish I would have just showed up mm -hmm. that weekend for Jamal. Mm -hmm. But she kept calling. Right. And being like, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And I was telling her, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't. Right. Because you don't I, know. I didn't know. And she's like, I wish I would have. I'm like, oh, don't do that to yourself. Right. You know, you don't. Right. Nobody has the answer. And we're all doing our best. Yeah. You're all doing your best, but it's, um, showing up is a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. So like the person going through it doesn't have the capacity a lot of the times to, to know, know what they need. No. So I didn't talk to my parents that weekend. Like yeah. I, they came over at night when we were like kind of gathering mm -hmm. at my house. Mm-hmm. 
but they weren't at the hospital. I, and I, I regret that, but I didn't even have the capacity to call them. And I yeah. thought later, I said to Eric, who was talking to them, Eric? Of course he was. Yeah. But I do remember you saying that weekend, because we were all together, that you wanted also Jamal's family to have that moment. Did but that you did, you did. Yeah. You were so protective of Jamal's parents um, and his siblings. Um, but I also remember you struggling with the decision because your parents have like co-raised Jamal. Oh my God, he You've was been... their sixth son. Right. Like and, they adored him. And it just like is the common theme of grief is there is no right There's answer. There's no right answer. I wish they would have had a moment to say goodbye to him. Yeah. But again, COVID, they only allowed, mm -hmm. you know, so many people there. And, you know, my parents obviously never held that never. against me. Um, Apparently I have a meeting. No. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, there's no right answer. No. And I think. Embracing that. Yep. So embracing as a friend on the outside, um, don't wait for them to ask for help, right. ask for forgiveness. But when they ask for space, just fully embrace it. Be yes. like, okay, hey, this is not about me. No. This yeah. is like. Some people like to do it. Some people like to grieve with people. Mm -hmm. I have determined I like to grieve solo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe for some people it's minute by minute. Right. And yeah. snap while I'm doing it. But mm -hmm. Right. Mean, right. <laughs> totally. Yes. That's kind of like the perfect scenario to be like, how I want to be How many cry faces have we snapped each other? Hmm. 525,654 <laughs> today. To be exact. <laughs> to be exact. Today in 2024. So, <laughs> yeah. We are not paid by Snapchat, Snapchat in any way. Snapchat. <laughs> Be, also, be careful, kids with Snapchat. Yes, way rose. <laughs> Ding. Do we like how I'm blending? Right. Oh, we did decide. Whenever Lauren gets uncomfortable, she's just gonna just do it. Gonna Is it time? Yep. <laughs> she's fine, guys. She's totally fine. fine. She's literally. Look at her. Look, look at great. her. I look great. Look at her. Little she's broken. Right. Teensy broken. Not broken. She's just leaning against great. the wall, pretending <laughs> she's not here. She's right. She's totally fine. Good. Right. Literally. I'm good. Super good. <gasps> Okay, so what else can people do when they're watching someone grieve? Um, don't tell them they're in a better place. Yeah, yeah. Yes, what is a list of things not to say? Also, if you said it, forgive it's okay. yourself. It's okay. It's okay. You don't know, you don't know you're trying. Yes. Um, don't say you're in a better place. They're they're in a better place because you're like, no, actually the correct place would be here, here. physically with me. Yes. Don't say everything happens for a reason. Yeah, not everything happens for a reason. Sometimes shitty things just happen. Mm -hmm. Um the one thing that all my, like, and it was so sweet and we've touched on this a bit, but something that all my friends said to me, and it took me about two to three years to finally come around to that. It was a okay thing to say. Everybody would say, you are so lucky to have been loved the way you were. Most people don't get it in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it would kind of piss me off. Sure. Cause I was like, the salt in the wound. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It just, I'm like, mm -hmm. it would have been better if they're like, he was Right. Thank God. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. God. You dodged a bullet. Right. 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 And then like, it, but did people be like, oh my God, mm -hmm. like this must be tragic because mm -hmm. of the love you share. I'm like, yes, actually mm -hmm. it's really fucking tragic. Correct. Cor this is actually the most tragic thing ever. Yeah. Yes. I know that. Back into the wall you Chameleon. go. Chameleon. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and I'm like, so, and, but now I know it took me a long time. Mm -hmm to appreciate mm -hmm. that sentiment. Mm -hmm. and people are right. Yes, they are right. But it took me a long time to get there and be like, you're right. I was lucky. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky. But yeah. maybe at the very beginning, 
Right. Just give it. Tread carefully. We're right. telling them how, how lucky they were. Just <laughs> right. stick to, yeah, this sucks. Right. This, yeah, sucks. this sucks. Yeah, this it's sucks. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be blunt about it. If people don't know what to do, like, um, could people say, I would like to drop off this. Is that okay? Just drop it off. Just drop it off. Got yeah. it. Just, Just drop, drop it, it off. off. Just drop it off. Because otherwise you're like, um, no, we're fine. We're fine. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just one less thing to process or answer right. or anything. Another decision to make. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just say, just left it on your front doorstep. Mm-hmm. Also, like one thing that I found so powerful in all the stuff that I've experienced, uh, whether being in the hospital with a kid or laying on the floor at the end of my marriage, like, um, send the text send the text. Even if you are like the most random yeah. person that is send a friend on Facebook from fifth grade, yeah. send the text. Yep. It's life-changing. Yeah. yeah. And it can take you from a place of mm-hmm. emotional turmoil to, oh my gosh. I'm loved. Yeah. Someone thought of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those men out there listening, send the text. <laughs> send- <laughs> this just transformed to <laughs> dating. Send the text. Send the text. <laughs> right. Show up. Show up. <laughs> Be there. No, it's true. Yes, my rose. <laughs> I keep drinking my Everything's mom. fine, guys. <laughs> All good. Oh my God. We're gonna have to do a whole nother episode on dating after Oh geez. Be- I know. Been dating being a widow. That feels like we're gonna have to do some shots for that one. Yeah, and you know, that's dating as a widow, I haven't I haven't. <laughs> I'm like dating as a widow. I have not. Okay. A little dabble, do you? Yeah, little dab have not. It's mm-hmm. just very overwhelming. The mm-hmm. the positive that I try to remind myself is that um I'm not bitter. I'm <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, you are. Did that sound almost sold that almost one? Sold out. <laughs> almost sold that. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Your equally part is bitter and optimistic. <laughs> right. Not bitter about love no. and marriage. Yeah. I loved being loved. I love loving. Yes. And I loved being married. Yeah. Um, people talk about the idea of widows being scared to hurt, mm-hmm. you know, be hurt again mm-hmm. if you fall in love. I don't think I have that so much. Mm-mm. I think I'm open right. to it. Right. And like your bitterness to clarify is just like your hilarious truth. Like also, can we not be bitter about the fact that your husband died? It's lit- if they're going to be bitter about anything. That's so shitty. It's really shitty. It's really shitty. Yeah, Let's be pissed. Me, give me that. Yes. Give me yes. That. And the fact that your capacity for equal parts, hilarious, bitter and hope. Yeah. Gotta have hope. Gotta have hope. Gotta have hope. Yeah. That's a song. That's a song. (laughs) Also, you're an emotional cutter. (laughs) Let's just put that out there right now. I'm like, as I'm like listening to like every pump up song I can to get through my divorce, Lauren is every sad violin (laughs) song. Betsy calls me an emotional cutter. Yes. I was like, will you stop? Uh I'm like, I'm pretty sad. I think I'm going to listen to Radiohead. And you're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Put some boundaries around your sad shit. Right, right. I'm like, good God. I mean, one of the first things I did when you and Chris were going through a divorce, I'm like, here's a playlist. Mm -hmm. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) dive right in. I will. It honestly, it really box of tissues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to sit when I, one of my phases, when I would sit there and listen to the 10 minute version of all too well in my kitchen Mm -hmm. with a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and lose Lose my shit. And like everyone, maybe you need that. Like maybe yeah. you need your song. Yeah. Now I can listen to it and sing to it at the top of my lungs. Yeah. And not like to that sad place. Yeah. No, I'm like, you're lost. Yeah. 
But like, God, you're so good about that. Thanks. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm fine. (laughs) No, I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) So, so to recap, I'm an emotional cutter. And I'm fine. We'll never be loved again. I'll never let anyone love I'll never be loved again. I'll never let anyone love you. No, I'm just running like Forrest Gump. Nope, take them off. Right. Take I off know. the running shoes. Take off the running shoes. I'm also like, put down the sad shit. I know. I'll stop emotionally cutting if you start putting on your running shoes. Deal. Deal. <laughs> We're getting pretty damn close. We're good. We're getting real We're, close. We're getting close. It's tough. It's tough. Who was Testing. Testing. Anyone out there? <laughs> How many viewers do we have out there right now? <laughs> Who wants to love Lauren? <laughs> I do have four children <laughs> and a large dog. <laughs> the dog is really large. I was going to go on and on. How about your kids are amazing and I would be so lucky, but I'm like, good luck with the dog. The dog. The, the dog, dog will hate you. Literally. I grew up on a horse farm with 22 horses. I have two dogs and three. Oh, actually one died. Rest in peace. Reptiles in this house. And I'm like, God damn, your dog is a lot. Dog is a lot. Dog is a lot. <laughs> but I am the best. She's the best. <laughs> I can endorse that. She is the best. Anyone. Legit, I haven't. I say this to you daily. I know you do. Anyone would be so lucky to be loved by you. Thank you. Like legitimately, and I'm like, I'm so protective. I'm like Jamal is, like, okay, Betsy, you're in charge of this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know. I do think you've taken over that. Mm-hmm. The really like protective. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, no one messes mm-hmm. with my person for sure. Which is like, and I know you feel the same way. Yeah. Like no one. Yeah. Um. I think it is like, no one asks to be strong. No one asks to be resilient. No one asks for any of this shit. And at you, Tiffany's right. Like you have every, like there's as much capacity for you to be strong, if not more capacity for you to crawl in bed for the rest of your life, because you did have a love of a lifetime. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you also don't get another love of a lifetime, but you had a love of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like the fact that you show up for yourself, for your friends, you are helping people who are grieving. And let's just talk about for a second, how fucking amazing your kids are. And it is, they had, have had, have a hell of a father, but God almighty, they hit the jackpot with you. And like you get back up. Is this the reason why Rocky's your favorite movie? Like, yeah. And like, that's also part of your 45 year old persona. (laughs) As we get ready for soccer, I was like, okay, sure. Let's listen to the tiger. (laughs) Do you really love Rocky? Right. You really, like really do. Um, but like they have you to be equal parts, soft and vulnerable and open and honest and strong and keep going. And like, that is why your kids who have not grieved yet and then feel a wave come fall into your arms because they know one that that is very acceptable. And two, they know that you're strong enough to handle it. You know, I think so many kids who have parents who have had volatile moments, like, you know, I even see it with my kids and I know I, we all see it in our kids. They want to protect you. 
And it's like, no, they know that you are strong enough to support them. And like they, their relationship with the four of them. And like, you know, I just think about that. It's incredible. And so like, yes, like, okay, anyone who's going to date Lauren gets four kids. I'm like, four kids is the best part. No, Lauren's the best part, but like your kids are phenomenal and anyone would be so lucky because you have raised them right. They are amazing kids. Uh, and like, I don't know, they're just part of the package, like lucky freaking guy to get all of that. Good luck with the dog though. <laughs> I mean, piece of work. Right. I love champ, but like Ooh. legit. I remember one time I went over to the house to stay with Eliza cause she was sick and you were over at your mom's. It was for your birthday and yeah. your mom just wanted to make you your orange chicken. Yeah, yeah. And it was after Jamal was gone. And I was like, I'll go stay with her. I'll sit downstairs. I got plenty of work to do. And again, I grew up with like thoroughbred racehorses, yeah, giant animals, thousand pound animals. And I had to put a chair between champ and I <laughs> to get her to go outside. And I was like, good God, dog. I know, she's very protective. Very protective. Very she just protective. loves her mama. Sure does. Sure loves her mama. Oh, she's a good dog though. She's but I was like, good Lord, you have a horse in the house. <laughs> oh God. You're talking about the kids. That's, that gets me more emotional than, than anything. They are, they have been my lifeline. And you have been theirs. Yeah. And that is like, I mean, that is the definition of family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. After Luke died, I remember my oldest brother, JT, saying, because we had to have Thanksgiving mm -hmm. the week after he died. Right. Literally. Like, right. There's a missing seat. Yes. Mm. And uh, and he said, we're going to circle the wagons mm. and we are going to do this together. Yeah. He's and such a leader. I know. I know. Colonel. Colonel, Colonel Russell. Yeah. He right. Just, he right. knows what he's doing. He sure does. But I remember, yeah, you, that's you know, that's what all comes down to. You circle the wagons, mm -hmm. you, you put your arms around your people mm -hmm. and that's what everyone has done to me. Yeah. So if I can give just a smidgen of that back yeah. by listening yeah. and being there for somebody who's going through a tough time, I will do it every time. I know you would. Your heart is enormous. So for someone who has, I, will try and like for someone who has watched someone grieve and tried to support them and have fumbled and done some things right and fumbled on some. And we've talked actively about how do you do this? You show up, you, you, show, up. you show up, you send the text, you drop mm -hmm. things off. You like, you listen. respect their space. You listen. Yeah. Um, you talk about them. You talk about them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for you, if there's one person right now who is, going through it, what would you say? And if there's, as a caretaker, what would you say? And if there's one person who is grieving, what would you say? To a caretaker, I would say, um, I know it's hard and I know you're exhausted. Mm. It's so, so, so hard. And there's not an easy answer. Mm. Um, and, and I, I've been there and I know you want to judge yourself cause I still do, mm. but you're doing the best you can, which and, is pretty phenomenal. And you just, you just, keep going. You put one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. and you do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. But it is a, you get, I mean, I look back at myself, pictures of myself. I'm like, I don't even recognize myself. I know. You know, like you are just so stressed mm -hmm. and it's hard, but you have, you have to take the walk. You have to mm -hmm. give yourself a minute. You mm -hmm. have to laugh with your friends if you can. Um, so yeah, I would say, try not to judge yourself too harshly, but I'm I would just say, I wouldn't give advice. I would just say, I see you mm -hmm. and I know it's hard and I know mm -hmm. you're exhausted mm -hmm. to someone grieving. I would say, um, let yourself feel it, mm -hmm. let the waves hit you and know that 
it won't kill you and you you will be okay there will be a different version of you mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's not still you because i struggled with that for a while like who am i right who am I? right from the ages of 15 to 38 i was part of a duo mm-hmm. barn and jamal jamal and Lauren. you didn't say one name without the other you didn't you didn't you didn't and i loved that mm-hmm. and now i'm just me and that took some some real soul searching mm-hmm. but you will be okay yeah and and that is something that's a sentence that holds so much power and it seems so simple my friend jenny says it a lot it doesn't matter what we're talking about somebody's sick like a kid or you're going through something she's like it's all gonna be okay it's all gonna be okay it all yeah, it's all gonna be okay and it seems so simple but it's so comforting mm-hmm. yes it will be i mean i've gone through terrible terrible things but i still know it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. yeah and like i really I loved the old version of you and I love the new version of you. It's still you. Yeah. It is still you. Yeah. But like, you know, we're also not the same person we were when we were with toddlers or right. 10 or whatever. You're constantly evolving. And like, you can't judge the fact that you had to change. Not that you do. This is a rhetorical you, but like, I, I love the new version of you. And like, it's still, I still feel like same old you, but it's, um, I don't know, like the adaptiveness that you've had and the honesty, which you've always, I don't know. It's just all the same you, but I can imagine for you, it feels wildly different because your life is wildly different. It is. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that, to embrace the fact that it is like a massive change. Your routine changes, your identity changes. future changes. Mm -hmm. And that's something when you lose a spouse, Mm, um, you know, Luke died and he wasn't in my, my life every day. Right. He wasn't on your life plan. Right. 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 You know, I miss my brother. Of course it wasn't, it didn't affect me on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Losing your spouse is, it, it changes yeah, your entire future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm 60 now. Will I have someone? Will I not? Are we going to you know, retire? Like it just. Right. You just don't know. You don't know. I know. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a real reality check. Right. You're like, okay, well that sucks. Right. Okay. So what, what, is it in your life right now that brings you joy? Um, number one, friends. Yeah. My time with my friends, being, going out, you know, having drinks, mm-hmm. laughing, laughing. We know I love to laugh. Yes. And you're such an easy target. You're such an easy target. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about oh being my a friend. God. I'm like, I'm so funny. <laughs> I'm an easy laugh. You are an easy laugh. Men out there, if you're listening, I am an easy laugh. <laughs> she is an easy laugh. <laughs> I laugh at all your jokes. You I do. Laugh. I you really do. do. Luke used to say that if he was a stand-up comic, he would put me in the front row <laughs> because he's like, he would just get laugh. over. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Killing it. Killing it. Yeah. I love to laugh. So if I can, if I can yeah. go out and laugh. Find moments to find laugh. Find moments to yeah. laugh. Yeah. Um, I still, like, tennis. Yeah. You know, I Right. Find your hobbies. Finding hobbies. For mm-hmm. me, it's being competitive mm-hmm. and having that athletic outlet. Mm-hmm. Which has always been like such a huge piece of you. She also is a badass athlete. So like, yes, Jamal is, you know, like, right. Right. And he kind of steals my thunder. He right? definitely stole your thunder. <laughs> um, but my favorite is when like you came back from vacation and your dad had taken one of your posters. I mean, she's like literally on a banner at UK, like doing some awesome, was it header or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And, uh, he comes back to where your workout room is and he's put a giant, like, I mean, like a 10 by 20 feet foot poster with my head like doing a badass header so yeah. yes you are an athlete so like maybe it's those moments of like returning to your yes. core self yes. god it feels so good yeah it feels so good to be competitive so yes friends laughing hobbies mm-hmm. um 
yeah, keeping myself busy with, mm-hmm. you know, trying to work out. I try, I feel better if I am physically in a good place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know? Don't undervalue that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even if it's just going for a walk or something, I need to be, I need, I feel better about myself. Yeah, definitely. You're so good at like taking a minute and all the things. And like what I, I love is like your laugh guys out there. Her laugh is the absolute <laughs> best. <laughs> Her laugh is the best. <laughs> I just love it. I just love laughing. She loves to laugh. She laughs with her whole body. It is I from do. the belly out. <laughs> but like you just, you cannot help, but that is just to your core, to your soul. Like you are optimistic. Yes. Uh, you, as much as I joke, I'm like, mm, you're not better. <laughs> I know we joke. I am optimistic. You are so optimistic mm-hmm. and you are so hopeful because like you do have a choice and you know, like we read about this all the time with mental health. Like you like, you have automatic negative thoughts. They call them ants. And like, how do you not be like, what am I going to do when I'm 60? What am I going to like, right. who's going to bury me? Like all this stuff, but you can choose right now and you can choose your thoughts because yes. your thoughts kind of make your reality or thought your reality or like your thoughts are not your reality. You get to choose what they are. Right. Um, so like you wake up every day and you choose optimism a lot, but yeah. you also embrace the reality. And yeah. I think it's just, I don't know, life is messy. And life you're is messy. We say that all the time. That's mm-hmm. kind of like our Yes. Betsy and Lauren. Life is messy. Life is messy. Literally. But it is. We're okay. We're good. We're fine. We're good. We're fine. Everyone's great. Right. That's like literally the one time we played tennis together, you like shake hands over there. They're like, how are you? We're like, we're good. We're great. She's a widow. She's She's divorced. divorced. We're like, but we're fine. (laughs) We have eight kids between (laughs) Tuesday morning tennis. Right. But really. Surf it up, Susan. Susan, here we go. That was out. Are you sure? Yes. Oh my God. I think as much as like this conversation, like the topic is so heavy. Um, this is so important. Like it is. I think people are scared, rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, nobody wants to think about it. Mm -mm. Right. Like nobody wants to think about death or their loved one dying. Like I remember being in it and I'm like, oh man, I bet my friends are right now are like, fuck, what happens if my husband dies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Cause you can't help it. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I hate that, that people mm-hmm. see me and they're like, oh my God, there was that woman whose mm-hmm. husband died. And what if that happens to me? And mm-hmm. nobody wants to think about it, mm-hmm. but it is an unfortunate truth that it will touch all of us at some point. Right. And it's, if you're lucky, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's grandparents mm-hmm. and, it, and it goes in chronological order mm-hmm. as it should. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, that is how, and listen, if you have anxiety, that's how it usually happens. Right. right. That's how it should happen. What right. happened to me is not normal. Right. Is out of the ordinary right. and rare. Right. It's true. So don't let yourself get caught up on that. Yeah. But, um, I, I know that that's something that people are like, oh boy, we don't want to talk about death. Right. Right. And, and like, scary. they also don't want to talk to you about it because it's like, oh no, I don't want to shed light on the right. crappy. That happens a lot too. Like what not to say I found, I mean, my friends are pretty good about this, all of you, but, um, I, I never wanted people to not, there was one time one of my friends was, I was like, you're not telling me something. She's like, well, I just, you have enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to bitch to you about mm-hmm. my, you know, mm-hmm. the fight that my husband and I got. And I'm like, no, like, mm-hmm. Tell me. Tell me. This is normal. I want to be normal. I want to hear about Mm -hmm. your fight with your husband. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make me like, oh my God, at least you still have one. Like I might do a little bit up here. Right. Right. You know, but more than not, like I remember that. Right. As beautiful as my marriage was, we still fought Mm -hmm. and had knockdown, drag out fights. Mm -hmm. And I remember what that's like. And 
I want to, I want to help and I want to hear, I want to be your friend. Yeah. Right. I want to be there. Don't take that away from people. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So don't not, you know, say things because you think that's going to bring up the fact that they're alone. Like, right. You're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Oh, I love being alone. Here it comes. <laughs> Good. Really, we're gonna offend some people. I know. Oh, really, I just welcome to the shit show. Welcome to the shit show that we are. But I think it's like one of my very favorite parts about our friendship. Right, is like it's a little off color. It's a little dark, mm -hmm. but it's real. It's real, and it's like thank God we have each other. Yes, yes, literally. I also hope that people see me and my situation, and if it makes them appreciate what they have, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I hope. You know, just like when Luke died, I held on to Jamal so tightly that night because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't even imagine losing him. Um, I hope, I hope that when people saw her Jamal dying, I hope they held their husbands that night. Yeah, you know, yeah. I hope I'm they sure do. They did. Yeah. yeah, I hope they be nice, try right. to be nice to each other. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because I would give anything mm -hmm. to have a husband to hold on to mm -hmm. and to dote on and to love and like. Mm -hmm. So be nice. Yeah, be nice. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, this is a hard topic, but like, I'm so grateful for you to be brave enough and to come on here. Like you had mentioned to me that like you were starting to talk to people and counsel people in grief and immediately I was like, can you please come on the podcast? This is a conversation that every yeah. person needs to hear that like there is much as there is hardship, there is hope as much as there is dark, there is light. Yeah. Like um, there are so many choices that you can make. There's so much help that those on the outside can provide. And there's so much beauty to what you had that is never lost. Right. Despite grief. Right. And like, at the end of the day, it's like, keep going, keep going and embrace the mess yep. and find the joy when you can. Right. And if you can't find it, try again the next day. Yeah. Like exactly. You just can't give up. Don't give up. Can't give up. And at the end of the day, I know grief is scary, but it is a testament. This is something I've learned too, that the harder you grieve, it's, it's just a testament to how hard you loved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if, so you, if you didn't, if you weren't grieving that hard, maybe, you know, they weren't Right. If they know. didn't make that much of an impact or, you right. didn't, but or you're you, not letting yourself feel it. Yeah. yeah. But if you grieve hard, it's most likely because you loved hard. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. Without a doubt. And that takes some time to get there. Right. This right. Is three years out. But yeah, it's when you look back on it, it is really a testament to the relationship you had with that person. Yeah, it really. And like, I have so many people ask me, I've, I've I feel like I almost get asked every day, like, how's Lauren? Yeah. And I can honestly say, I'm like, she's good. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. like, she's doing good. And like, I I'm always, because you're so honest. I was like, don't get me wrong. Like it's hard. And right. some days are messy. I was like, but she's doing great. Yeah. And you are, I am. you are, I you're do. doing great. And like, he is so proud. Yeah. I know he is. I know he is. I know he is. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I can feel that. Mm -hmm. And like, I love how much we all still talk about him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, every time the lights flicker, my kids are like, oh, Jamal. <laughs> right? There he is. There he is again. Mm -hmm. Or like every time we see a Cardinal, my little guys are like, Jamal. Yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. I started to get ready this morning and I'm like, okay, you know, a little nervous. Sure. And uh, I was like, Alexa, play music. First song I came on was um, <laughs> Killers. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Jamal. There he is. Right. He's like, you got this. Yep. You got this. Right. And I mean, like, that is just such an un undercurrent to your marriage too. Anything. He always was like oh my God, pushing biggest, you biggest to do supporter. biggest supporter. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. he's the best. And 
I just like, I think that I'm super grateful that you came on here and that you had the honest conversation that everyone needed to hear. I hope that people can see that you can still laugh through it, that you can still get through it. Um, and that you can still be hopeful and that if anyone is out there (laughs) who is six foot two, a strong muscular build, preferably tall, dark, and handsome, loves to make people laugh and gives a good foot rub. Um, anything else? Jamal's like, I'm here. I, know, I just sorry, can't Jamal. touch the right, I know, right? He's like, God, I'm going to turn the whole lights off on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, you just have to be over 5'9". <laughs> she really means it, though. Over 5'9", you mean? Well, that's fine. Over 5'9". Yeah. We'll take 5'9". And also, to be clear, you're going to have to pass the Betsy test. Yeah, that's true, too. Mm-hmm. And many other people's tests. But you would be oh, so, oh, so lucky. <laughs> Oh, I love, love you. It. Love you. Oh, so, okay. To wrap this up, I I know for sure there is someone out there listening who is either watching someone grieve or thinking about grief or in the middle of grief. And I know you have helped them. I hope that fills you right up to the brim today. It, that's, that fills me up more than you know. Good, good. And I'm like, just so honored to be a part of that. And I think the big takeaways are to keep going and to find the joy and to embrace the part that suck. Yep. And as a friend to show up and to just never stop trying. And that's all anyone can do. And the yeah. rest is just a mess. Yep. And that's okay. And you're figuring it out as you go. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And that's, it's all okay. Yeah. You got this. Oh, you're amazing. And I know you didn't ask to be and right. like, this all sucks. And um, but damn, what an example you are. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that concludes our episode. <laughs> I know. Lauren, you're a freaking gem if anyone is out there. <laughs> and I love you. I love you so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys. If anyone, oh, one other thing. If anyone like needs help on grief, like what kind of resources are like, how do you like, cause maybe you're like, I don't want to talk about it, but I just need to like over yeah. Google. What do you do? Wait, where you go? What do you do? I know, I Google. Um, I follow a lot of women on Instagram, which I had to kind of pull back from because it's yeah. like this is a right, lot, a lot of, of sad. Yeah, okay. a lot of sad. Yeah. Um, you know, for children, I'd mentioned to you there's Fernside, which mm-hmm. I never took my kids to, and I kind of sometimes think maybe I should have, but they're apparently an amazing resor- resource if okay. you have kids okay. who are grieving. Um, and you know, I went to therapy, right, and it just gave me a place to cry mm-hmm. and to talk and basically just mm-hmm. say how unfair this is. Yes, because it is. Because it is. And right. sometimes you feel like a toddler saying that, but it's unfair. Um, it's literally so unfair. unfair. Right, it's literally unfair. Um, so yeah, resources. I mean, there's so many resources out there, yeah. but I would say therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like you need an outlet, mm-hmm. um, and Lexapro, I did that. Lexapro yes. saved my life. Yeah, it did. I wasn't eating. I couldn't parent. I couldn't do anything. And mm-hmm. it literally got me back on my feet. Yes, it did. Um, yes, it did. So I'm a proponent for that if you need it. I love that. It's literally just like someone is so lucky to have just heard that. Yeah. Seriously. Because you feel like, oh my God, do I want the medicine? But it just take it. Save my life. Yes, literally. I was and, wasting away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I remember you start, I remember like, yes, I remember vividly the before and after. Yeah. Truly. It, it let me take care of Jamal and get through that whole period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards I mm-hmm. stayed on for a little bit and mm-hmm. you know, then you try it without and see right. if you can, and maybe you can't, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs to do what they need to do to get through. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the thing is like, don't focus on what you think you should do or whatever. Just do you and do yep. your best and yep. embrace the best. Yep. And we just keep going. The right people will stay around and help you. Yeah. And like, let Lauren please be an example of like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You will be okay. Mm-hmm. May not look like it every day and every mm-hmm. second of every minute, but yeah, 
at the end of it all, mm -hmm. you will be okay. Yeah, you will. You will laugh again. Oh mm, my God. There's so much hope for, I hope everyone is just like really feeling that hope. Ugh, you're the absolute best and your kids are so freaking lucky to have you and any man out there. <laughs> I got you, girl. <laughs> any man out there who can go through a series of test tryouts, physical challenges, and fill out this emotional screener is lucky to have you. <laughs> I love physical challenges. I'm like, yes. Yes, right. I seriously have a series of obstacle courses. <laughs> How many pull-ups can you do? What can you bench? I have a series of obstacle courses that I will set up that you need to complete any timed manner. <laughs> <laughs> that's it though seriously it. though it's just Piece literally but this could be yours <laughs> for the price of four children right and the dog, and the dog. <laughs> I'm dog. your dog is great uh, all right lauren you're amazing everyone thank you so much for listening i hope that this has helped you but god if this could just be shared to someone like, please give the gift of what Lauren has to give to someone else. Or like, you don't even have, like, this is not a share the episode kind of thing, but for the sake of helping people who grieve, please share this episode. I feel like this is such one of the biggest points of service that we could ever give because not many people talk about it. It needs to be discussed. And I'm so grateful that you did that. So please share, please lean on your friends, please be a friend, all the things, but thank you so much for everything. I love you, girl. Love you. Mm. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. And I just, it doesn't get much better than this girl. <laughs> okay. Thanks everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Well, that's the end of this episode, but promise me you won't stop here with whatever it is you're feeling or dreaming about. I hope you leave today feeling empowered to live life just as you see fit. If this podcast was helpful to you, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. I genuinely just want to help women live the life they dream about. So if this type of content tracks with you, subscribe to this podcast or visit our website, writeyourownstory.co to download digital courses or to grab a journal and a mug to just dream in and dream with. It's your life, lady. Do you. And just remember, I'm rooting for you and you've totally got this.